Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio. I've alternated, like, the the outro song on a few things. I don't know what you guys like at all. I kind of just keep bouncing around. If anybody even really gets to the end. <laughs> don't you just have a kick to a random song at the end, kind of? I, everyone... I hate to say it, but I've honestly never listened have listened to our show yeah no it's it's um i've never listened to any of our podcasts it's not the same I, song same you start with no. i know i've listened to the no. end of it I, every, by the time it gets to the end i usually just on the next one i'll usually listen past because there's usually ads or whatever yeah yeah yeah, so yeah. I'm usually like, eh. but we don't have ads i know one time i listened deep and it was some a song, like a different it's like a band of some sort yeah i had um i had uh some song stems from mastodon and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to stack some guitars and bass on top of each other and make a song. Well, not make a song, but they had a song, and I, we those used it. It was good. I liked that. It was good. I don't those guys fucking rock live. Yeah, I fucking, I've seen them once. I've seen them with Coheed in, in Chicago. At Co- the end of Coheed's fucking awesome, too. Oh, it's great. At the end of uh, Kevin Nash's podcast, he, his son helped him start the podcast, and then he passed away. He had a seizure and passed away. So at the his end, son of, did. yeah. Oh, at the end of his episodes, he plays a song from the band that his son was in, and it's usually the same song, but it's pretty. It's kind of interesting. That's cool. Because usually, you know, they don't start. They finish kind of how they start most of them. So, <laughs> what's I, this show called? Uh, click this. Kevin Nash. Yeah, K L I Q, and then T H I S. Click this. Like the click from him, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. It's That's a good uh, podcast, man. X-Pod. Got it. Got he's, it. He's got a good podcast. It's uh, hey, hey, hey. Scott, Scott Hall. Unless Dick's here, then you can bite him if you want. That's right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's but just him and uh, Sean Oliver. The first probably 10 to 12 episodes, his son's on it a little bit. But um, his son was trying to quit drinking um, and ended up having a seizure. Oh, and man. they came to his house, worked on him, and then some like he passed away basically in between the house and the hospital. They revived him, and then he ended up passing away in between the house and the hospital. That's rough. Man. And then he, they brought him back, but he was brain dead on machines and stuff. And Kevin Nash said they basically told him that you know he was he was going to be like this for the rest of his life. You know what are you going to do? And he yeah, was like, man. he was like, Nah, go ahead. How old was he? Maybe twenty six, twenty seven, twenties. Oh my god. Yeah, he wasn't that old. That's Tristan, Tristan Nash was his name. Man, yeah, man, those those like when you're coming down from alcohol, like those DTs can't. can really screw with you, man. Mm-hmm. They're really you dangerous. Can't, you can't stop a uh, cold turkey. You got to, yeah. They you both tape quit drinking. They both quit drinking together, um, because Kevin Nash is a heavy drinker too. And at one point, they had gotten in trouble actually because they had gotten into a fight with each other, and someone called the cops, you know, or whatever. Fuck. Not that that caused problems with them; it just shit happens. Right. But I think they both realized that hey, we fucking we're drinking too much. Yeah. So they both kind of quit drinking together or whatever and stuff and unfortunately it took a different toll on him than it did his dad and stuff but i believe big kev smokes and all that stuff too i think his son yeah. did as well he's got his own he's got a weed that's out it's not in illinois but it's called jack i believe it's called jackknife is the name of the marijuana strain <laughs> that's a that's good <laughs> that's reference um but uh it's not in illinois yet that i know of. huh so, well but it's a good podcast so yeah I'll check that out. He doesn't talk about just wrestling either. He talks about all kinds of different stuff. So going back to politics, uh, everything. When he was in movies too and Mm -hmm. stuff. Talks about that a little bit. Going back to Mastodon real quick. Saw him twice. First time Slayer, Lamb of God, and Trivium. Uh, Second time, it was Mushroom Head, Mashuga, and Mastodon. Oh Oh my God, that would be fucking crazy. Oh sugar, (laughs) sugar. And the the Slayer (laughs) show was in St. Louis in the parking lot at Pops. So it was like strip club, strip club, Pops, 
and the the mattress place that's like right there and it was all <laughs> in the parking lot right in the middle of all that wow man i've seen um uh well i haven't seen Meshuggah. um uh i've seen trivium i've seen i want to see lamb of god lamb of god's like my favorite from I've that seen, era seen them multiple times oh man i love those guys they, they did the they did the wall of death that day <laughs> do you know what that is clint the wall of death yeah no, i have no idea the wall of death go ahead man this fucking Everybody's moshing down in the pit, and the, si the singer of the band, Randy Blythe or whatever, he'll be like, all right, I want half you motherfuckers to go this way, and I want half you motherfuckers to go this way, and you guys line up, and when I say go, you just charge at each other, mm. and people, it's fucking like Braveheart. Yeah, like, dude. It's it's <laughs> just not as much, like, not as much battlefield running. It's like yeah. smaller space to yeah. get. Well, no, dude, that but people wild. are throwing kicks and punches, yeah. and it's thinking, just fucking um, brutal. I was it's thinking intense. the wall they make in 300 when they fucking clear, you know, they close the pass, and they take the bodies <laughs> and the stones, and the bodies and the stones all the way to the top. They're pretty committed at Lamb of God shows. They'll just stack bodies right there. Shit, it sounds like it to me. <laughs> no, I've never been one to get that excited at a concert where I feel like I just need to go out and slay the whole crowd with my fists and feet. You know Man, what I'm saying? I'll tell you. But I've watched videos of dudes that are like, not legit trying to kick people in the face, but they're throwing their fists and like high kicks, and people are just happening to be in the way and getting fucking straight so took they're, down. They're, dude. Pit, they're pit dancers. No, they're, no, there's some old boys that's like the bathroom, and they can still hear the band, and dudes are pissing, and the old boy just goes <laughs> nuts and starts leveling people that are pissing yeah. their back to him, and it's like, dude, I'd turn around and knock that dude straight. There wouldn't be no fucking rah-rah. Right. I'd just turn around and knock him straight the fuck out. There's an odd, there's an odd kind of uh, respect in a in a mosh pit. Dog, making weird. Yeah, because usually if somebody goes down, like they're like, wait a minute. Yeah, people no, they'll pick people. you up, know, and then I've seen some people get murdered. And then the guy you, goes down, they all stomp on him because he's down on the ground. And it's like, wait, <laughs> man. No, that's because you did something that pissed off the whole group. Yeah. I don't think so, man. I've seen some know. wild moshes where it's like heart. I don't even know the music, and the dude get like you see a dude like just grabbing for air, and he goes down, and everybody's like, fuck it, let's mosh him too. <laughs> and then they take him down, they throw him real high in there, and he comes back down, they just stop him out and then throw him out like they come up and then, shows you've been, and then they throw him out and i'm like jesus christ i could never last at one of these shows if i did i have to be up man. in the corner man away from everyone scared like with a parachute in case i fell from someone moshing up high i will tell you this if you one one experience everyone should have is crowd surfing it's like i need a fucking taser to do not, crowd surfing not if you're fun. not if you're my size you're, you're a very large man you're a very large american so i can see you having trouble with that i'm, I'm not saying fat i'm just very very big, tall. Yes. You're, you go to the big and tall stop because, yeah, you're very I'm large. A, I would get dropped multiple times. Yeah. I'm yeah. the one that helps pick you up and launch you. Yeah. I'm not the one being launched. It's fun. It's fun. I did it a couple times in a Mudvayne show, and uh, um, that was <laughs> pure natives. Yeah, yeah. I was seeing them 20 years ago. Seeing them multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> they didn't even jam anymore? Or? They're just, well, they just they started just back after Yeah, they COVID. just reunited. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. weren't they supposed to go? Two, two of the was guys. Was right before COVID they were supposed to have a huge show or it something? Was, well, COVID yeah. was on the tail end, kind of coming out of COVID. They started playing shows yeah, and stuff. I thought it was right before, and then they fucking got shut down. And it was like, well, fuck it, man. I guess that ain't going to happen. Well, I think they started a couple shows, and then Chad, the singer, got caught covid and then they had to stop a couple shows and then they kind of put a, a a break on the on the tour and well, it was a little two two of the guys were in another band anyway they were in uh hell yeah with yeah with uh vinnie paul and uh uh two of the guys i think it was two of the guys from something face or something like that nothing face, nothing face that's yeah. it yes yeah oh my god crazy Man, we we got off 
we, we, we attempted to tackle this subject last week. We kind of got there, um, but today you'll see why um, we kind of we, – We've got a nice story to tell about this because this is a really interesting ah, situation. Very nice, very nice story. Um, you don't have Mark here this week. I was just going to say. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't, don't have you, Mark. You don't have Mark's soundboard. Oh, I know. Mark, it is, um, it is a, it is a void that you have, you've made. Mark's not here today. There's definitely a void. Backup soundboard is what we need. You hear that? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> after that backup soundboard. <laughs> oh, wait. 69, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that better? <laughs> Brent Sperry, hi. How's it going? Clint, call us hello over hey, there. Yeah. It's Ryan. How are you guys? Uh, this is number 13. Yeah. Episode 13. We might be able to get this episode right on the, on the unlucky episode number. Um What's unlucky about thirteen? Uh, nothing. Not uh, nothing. Not that I've never heard of that. I don't think that they. It's my they lucky. Don't. It's my lucky number. I was born on that day. I got the tattooed on me. Do you really? Yeah. It's Taz's nice. number. It's right here. Nice. Well, there you go. Never mind. Maybe it's good luck. It's Taz's number. I was born on Friday the thirteenth. It's from the Red Hook section of Brooklyn. That explains a lot. You're very tall. What the fuck's that got to do with being on Friday? I also, the 13th? also have a Jason Voorhees mask tattooed on my well, leg too. I mean, well, oh yeah, I guess. Well, Jason was tall, but I'm thinking Michael Myers, but for whatever reason, yeah, that's well, definitely Michael not. Myers wasn't Friday the 13th. He was just nope. on Halloween. Just Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. In a fictional town in Illinois. Yeah. It was in, in Florida, California? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they shot it in California, California. but it was supposed to be a Haddonfield, Illinois. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> be like, huh, never seen a palm tree in Illinois. but Strange. Mm. <laughs> in, in, the, in the background, if you pay close enough attention. Yeah, and regular just, you know, leaves from, you know, <laughs> oak trees. I really that. never paid attention to it for, a lot, for like, year, like until he said something that one day. I was like, what? Plus and I then I watched him back on Hall Halloween, like, last year or whatever, after we started talking about it. I was like, God damn it. Like, plus I hate to tell It makes me less scared now because I'm like, I hate to tell Illinois, creeping Plus I out. hate to tell you, kids weren't dressing the way that they were dressing and. The in late October in Dude, Illinois. I, I love in the second God, one no. when the dudes just happen to be dressed up like Michael Myers and that cop's like, fuck it, and just fucking like straight drives into him and fucking <laughs> runs him over and lights him on, on fire, fire and they get out and yep. shoot the fuck. And then it's like, you didn't even stop and ask, bro. Like, that's completely yeah. illegal. Like, he jumped the curb and just took the old boy out and fucking blew up the car. Like, and he's like, I got him. And got it. like, no. And then you have Donald Pleasance. Did we get him? We got him. <laughs> Actually, he didn't even ask if he was Michael Myers or not. You just ran just some ran poor this fuck dude over. over. Don't even know if this is uh, the guy. And then they don't like the cop don't get in trouble for it or nothing. Like, see he's some just identification. Like, basically, yeah, they they're like, did you ID him or whatever? And like, he's like, no or whatever. And then like at that point, they'd be like, give us your gun and your badge, bro. Like, what the fuck <laughs> did you just do? Instead, I think he lets him hop in like the truck the truck posse and drive off with all the old boys with shotguns and shit. Well, yeah, it was. It was 1978, man. They let you do that what back the then. Fuck? They just let him reload his revolver and go back in there. And it's like he just <laughs> murdered a kid. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Cold-blooded murder in the streets. I love those Halloween movies. Oh, uh, my gosh. There's no rules. <laughs> All right. So we're going to try and tackle this story. Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. Okay. So this is... Uh, part two of, of this of this episode we are doing. Um, we touched on a little bit of it last time. Um, I want to get it right, so we are going to do. We're gonna just try again here. We're gonna we're gonna 
stitch all these stories together. There are um, several encounters that you can't really you really have to just read the encounter out as as it's written so you can really well, gather well the way the book is written like it's like encounter story government shit encounter story, story government shit encounter story government it jumps yes. around. it jumps around yes and the thing is like i i'm gonna try and structure it like that because government shit is so fucking boring and if we're gonna do an hour of government shit we're gonna our eyes are gonna glaze over so we're gonna do a little bit of that a little bit of the the encounters and then because some of the government shit is like some of the findings are actually pretty fucking crazy and are worth talking about because it actually kind of expands the conversation a little bit so um well just to give it skinwalker ranch in utah come to find out is did a little bit of background on that and uh the Utstrad from utah yeah that's primarily where they lived and the navajos territory touched where they were and the navajo were fucking ruthless they would take slaves they would just kill people for whatever take over territory i mean well i think we touched on in the last episode the warrior tribe a, yeah. a skinwalker is an evil navajo shaman okay and they sent a group of them into the Utes' territory and I don't know if I'm saying it right. Is it Oots or Uts? Oots. Oots. Yeah. Uts like is, it's the chip company, dog. It, well, it's pretty much spelled <laughs> the same way. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's, what is the Ute? It's the Ute tribe. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But uh, they sent a group of them into there, and pretty much the gist that I get from it is they did a bunch of evil shit that okay. pretty much tainted the territory, Some the area of Skinwalker Ranch, because the other farms <laughs> around that area have the same supposed sightings. Same kind of behavior around yeah. there, yeah. Those wicked rain dances. And uh, those skinwalkers have perished since then, but their spirits are there, and they still think they're alive, and they're just continuing to do their job and f fuck really? with people and be evil. They might be caught in the net. It's all sorts of crazy phenomenons, man. It's not just like... You know, we're seeing a wolf creature. You're seeing wolf creatures and UFOs and wormholes and orbs and shadow people and there's tons triangles of, and there's tons of Native American stories about men who turned into animals and shit your, like that. Your electronic devices are losing yeah. energy and all the crazy shit that goes with paranormal activities. Which is yeah, yeah. I I mean it opens up the conversation to like, did did all these sightings kind of come from like on the grand total of sightings in the United States? Can one you trace all of those sightings back? One of the things too to that I read about Walker Ranch in a like in an infectious disease style well, manner that they've talked about that's here. The, well, that's one of the theories that I read about Skinwalker Ranch is the area that it's in. They think that it's in a giant electromagnetic area. Mm -hmm. So the EMPs of that area will fuck with your mind. Like if like if you get too close, like if your uh, fuse box in your house is giving off too much electromagnetic fields, it will make you start thinking that you're seeing shit in your house that you're not seeing. It's just an effect of... Isn't there... Um, of it's pretty much a cage of electromagnetic energy that's feeding off of your body. Isn't there like machines that give off certain type of vibrations that can fuck with people's brains and shit like that? 
Isn't that a thing? Get like you turn it to a certain whatever, and the high pitched noise of it or whatever that it gives off. I think it can make people like sh- some people like shit their pants or stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, like, it's the brown note. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't remember what it's called, but some like I want. I don't know if it was real or if I seen it in a movie, or maybe if I well, seen it in a movie, it's not real. But like somebody did an experiment on some people or something like that, and like half of them had this weird noise pumped into them, the other one didn't, like all the right. time. And they Maybe. turned it up and turned it down, and like as they turned it up or whatever, it fucked with people's health. Sure, sure, sure. Whatever. I came with some kind Are of frequency of, shit. Uh, binaural beats. Something's like radio waves binaural or some waves. kind of shit. And like they were like they say that some people like what like the people that like um so like Ed and Lorraine Warren them type of people like yeah. have these weird like they're like machines that they can use and like they say that like like they set this up in a house or whatever and turn it on and then like that, that, that'd be why if someone like is sick and fucking feeling like they've got something wrong with them all the time because these weird fucking vibrations are going off right I, I, maybe I'm just crazy that would no, be a no, good no, no, no I think I'd, I'd probably that would be a good topic for a future episode Ed and Lorraine Warren yeah yeah, yeah they would be pretty neat um there well speaking of like electromagnetic like interference there's um some of the people in inter- like it can af- it can affect your health and it'll make you think that you're seeing things that you aren't seeing and um that's one of the things that on all those paranormal tv shows and stuff one of the first things they do is they scan the house for electromagnetic sure. fields and then they have like the, the like I, I can't remember it. They call it some sort of weird helmet, but it's like a, a, an essential. It's essentially like that. It's a bunch of magnets arranged on the helmet to help induce some sort of um, field, and that they, that you can. can All do. I can think of now is Joaquin Phoenix wearing a like a colander. Yeah, like, <laughs> like in the movie Signs. <laughs> or like a yeah, yeah, uh, an aluminum foil on your head. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so. Um. So, yeah, what is the start of this specific story? It kind of starts with um, Henry Reed, like we talked last time. He um, shit, rest, rest in peace. So, Go ahead, Clint. I don't mean to interrupt no, you. No, no, go ahead. I, there's some, something called the Mosquito Sonic device that they're using in the United Kingdom to keep teenagers from... Uh, like from around like sh- like lingering around shops and areas and stealing and shit and they're using it and it's actually working it emitted it emits uh ultra high frequency blasts you can't that, hear it but the kids can <laughs> well uh, not really they can't hear it but it goes to their brain or whatever and it's like a, like like a fly when it gets like yeah so supposedly if you put bags of water on the door a fly sees it it fucks with their brain they won't come near it it's like shit like that like okay. the frequencies just in the air hitting their brains fucking with them yeah, it makes different, them just different frequencies makes them just stay away from that part of town those whatever. fucking teenagers like they do this shit with ants and mice and shit there's yeah. all kinds of weird studies that they do this shit well that's mice. that's like the thing that's like in the uh <laughs> pest control uh aisles and stuff at hardware stores and you got sonic. Yeah, you got the exposure so- to you got high those, frequency You got sounds. those sonic things you can plug into your wall. It's supposed <laughs> to keep ants and all that away. Exposure to the ultrasonic sounds and high frequency sound causes air nausea, dizziness, migraine, fatigue, and tendonitis. I love the fact but that they they turn the teenagers into rodents. Right. Be like goddamn loiters. Get out of here. <laughs> but it's just I, I don't know. And I read someplace that like somebody did did that or like they did a study on that and it fucked with a bunch of people. But your, real bad. your brain frequencies are different at different stages of your life. Between being a kid, a teenager, an adult, yeah. it's all... And it's like, who knows, maybe the government be fucking doing that to us all day long. Well, shit. I mean, you can... Th- there's a demonstration of, like, frequency that you can... I've seen on, like, TikTok, maybe, and I did it with my Sid. Maybe my there's kids. some shit like that going on out there. They fuck with your head long enough, you start seeing shit, you know? Well, and they could hear it at a much higher frequency, and I couldn't flat out hear any of it. And I'm deaf as a stump anyway, but, like... Um, 
even Shanna couldn't hear it after a certain frequency. It was like, it was pretty cool because yeah. they, they, they could hear it for quite some time. Um, but so I've also seen like a, have you seen like the heat, like the, the heat radar or like the heat plate thing? Like a, it's like a sonic, like no sound emitter or something. It's like a anti like riot device. It's some sort okay, of, okay. I've heard of something like that. Yeah. yeah well, they'll put it down and it's like it a like, microwave emitter or yeah, something. And it gives like, off like fucking like uh heat, like not heat, but like fucking um, something to that effect. It's like yeah. sound vibrations off on people. And it ba- that's the thing I was talking about. It makes people like shit their pants and get sick and vomit. Yeah. And stuff. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, that's I know I that, that, um, some it's like the brown noise on South Park. <laughs> I think um, there's been some places that that have utilized it around here. I think I don't I don't know if they use it in the riots we had here the last few years, but I know I, I wouldn't say that someone in America did not use it. Well, I don't know I if they use it here. But they use the sound control devices on some riots in Macomb, I think. Yeah, if I, if I remember correctly, because I remember they had some. Not riots, but like some pretty fucking huge block parties that they couldn't get a control. Yeah, of. I seen a video of my hookers were shooting guns off and shit. So yeah. like, damn, I don't even want to go to Macomb no more. <laughs> no shit, man. Um, getting into local news. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back, back to Harry Reid. Right. So Harry, he um, Skinwalker basically got it. the idea. Like, there is, we got to study what's going on in the sky because there's apparently something's going on, and we have to, you know. So basically, he allocated funds and then Bob Bigelow had already bu- had already had ownership of, of Skinwalker Ranch at this point decided to bid for the job for which, which the money the, which the family that owned it before did, didn't they literally buy it as like a retirement let's do farming yes. and sold it within like 2 years of buying the property yes retirement they wanted community. to yeah well he wanted to they wanted to buy it and turn it into a cattle ranch and just uh, farm yeah. cattle till they died which they had they, i know they had multiple cattle mutilations and fucking watching too much yellowstone no this was pre yellowstone no oh. Um, so oh, did the forehead just show up? Did he? He did. He uh-huh. did. Oh, he's gonna come. He's gonna. Dogs are gonna start barking here in a minute. Yeah, Get ready. That's good. Um, oh, forehead. Paid <laughs> <laughs> Manning's here. <laughs> Holy shit! I mean, he could. He's getting the the body down. If he started working out and toned himself, <laughs> I think he would be, be a close Peyton Manning oh. lookalike. Omaha. I Omaha. Bet, <laughs> I bet you he'd throw the football. Kill, kill, kill. I bet Omaha. You he'd throw the fucking football wobbly like him, too. He's got tiny little fingers. Beyond the ordinary. Welcome no. back, Dick. Dick's back. Vic, Dick's on the show now. Hi. Hi, Hi Dick. A little late. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're, you're here. Slacker. <laughs> I think you were in Missouri when we were, for some reason. Mom. No, I had no. Mom, didn't you? no, no. I remember sitting in my house being like, fuck, I should have went. Yeah. But I think <laughs> it was. It's too cool for me on my birthday, you fucking cocksucker. <laughs> and he's only talking shit because we, like, we tend to keep Clint's birthday sacred. Like, Shh, we don't really celebrate our own or everything, but we make sure we celebrate Clint. For fucking whatever reason, everyone ends up fucking blacked out, wasted somehow. <laughs> <laughs> when is your birthday? 26th, February. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a fucking lame time of the year. No, everybody's like, "Fuck, we better get blackout drunk." <laughs> uh, uh, unfortunately, I think Ric Flair's is like a day or two ahead of his. His twenty fifth. Yeah. <laughs> Just, <laughs> he, he missed out by a day of having the same birthday as his idol. Taking cousin him, cousin take, Trista going on space. Her birthday's on the twenty fifth. Yeah, it is. That's true. That's why she's got the long blonde hair. Yeah. 
<laughs> Shout out. <laughs> All right, back, 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 back into this story, or we're never going to get this thing finished. No shit. Dick showed up. Dog started barking. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about Senator Reed. Hey, you know he, what? Sometimes the ship goes off course, but the wind blows it back on. That's right. So. Reed gets the all this the money. The winds of change. The winds of change. Who the fuck this Senator Reed and what the fuck he doing? So he is. Uh, at one point, he was a Senate Majority Leader. Yeah. So why is he so fucking important? He is important because this man um, allocated a bunch of money because he finally decided that someone made convinced him that. There is shit in the skies that we don't know what the fuck it is, and we need to fucking look at it. It took him to 2023 to admit that shit, though. Yeah. So he, he also grew up in Nevada out in the middle of fucking nowhere, and when well, you look so up in the skies, you've seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> so he uh, allocated this money. Um, Bob Bigelow's company, um, oh, Bob Bigelow made uh, a, a bid for this money, and thus Bass was born. Bass, which is, uh, I have a whole fucking list of abbreviations here because there's like, because like, it's like Bigelow Aeronautics, yeah, something crazy like that. Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies and OSAP, which is the name of the program that he decided that he bid for. So, okay, I bid for the company, I'm gonna name the, the bid this. The name of the bid is OSAP. OSAP, which is Advanced Aerospace Weapons System Application Program. I only know one. It does not sound like investigation uh, uh, at all. That not sounds really. like no. It's like it's fucking Will Smith and in Independence Day. I gotta get me one of these. Woo! Right. <laughs> <laughs> I only know one bass, and that's bass rooting. That's is right. Bass but, rooting. <laughs> but <laughs> this is B A A S. Oh. S. These two, um, we'll talk. Uh, w those two are the same thing essentially. When we we'll talk about um, them in the story, so if I say OSAP or Bass, it's the same fucking thing. Um, so <coughs> they get awarded the the you know the money to do this, and um, that's kind of where the story kicks off, right? So we're gonna get into it, and we'll just say that. Um, I'll just read what I have here. Um, so. Just um, I, I have it. I have it timed out, so we should be good. I'm gonna edit all this fucking shit out later too because this sounds stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what did um, you say, cowboy? I know. Whatever. It's your show. <laughs> so, in the realm of the unexplained and the extraordinary, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon opens a Pandora's box of mysteries surrounding unidentified aerial phenomena or UAPs. Um, we begin with OSAP, Advanced Aerospace Weapons System Application Program. Uh, it's an initiative that marked a pivotal shift in the U.S. government's approach to the world of UAPs. So this is, like I said, the first time that you, you think an official name for it. You think Bigelow actually has a working lightsaber? Come on, it's got weapons in the name. <laughs> Dude, he, I, I had was listening to some more stuff about him. He has some his hand in some direct energy weapons. He has. He's, he He is um, one of the first. He he's. Hey. The owner of the company that has the first civilian-funded spacecraft in space attached to the space center, to the International Space um, Center. Is, is, he, is, he, is he a general in the Space Force that Trump created? I don't know. Elon <laughs> don't even got that yet, right? Not yet, no. You know, I ain't heard and nothing about that lately. He he had, um, yeah, all 100% funded by him, and he, was, he started his empire by... Um, 
uh, apartments. He w- he would rent apartments out, and then he just kind of became a real estate mogul. Dude, most most people that have money in this country were real estate moguls. Come on, did you? It's the fucking McDonald's story. I was just going to say that. Ray, Ray Kroc didn't make his money off of McDonald's. He I made his money off of leasing buildings to people to have McDonald's. Guaranteed <laughs> the motherfucker was a slumlord, probably had drugs and hookers. Selling off what, the back what's for wrong extra with, cash. What's wrong with drugs and hookers? I'm just saying you don't make that much money off a fucking shitbag apartments. Fucking be able to send fucking a permanent ship to outer space. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you do if you it. own like a was thousand in the, of those shitbag apartments. In, uh, Nevada, right? All over the, so all over the, the United States. the longest time in Nevada, maybe even down to this day, it was totally legal for prostitution for there for the longest time. Or, Not or even, yeah. Escort it's services, right? right today. Reno is... Boom. Guaranteed he made money on his <laughs> hotels. An extra 500 for this fucking chick to come to your room and give you a blowy. Maybe he's maybe he owns the bunny ranch. Come on. <laughs> you never know. And then fucking oh, you need some party favors because you can't get your dick hard. We got the fucking we blow, got we got pills. I got what a weird fucking need? story we about the bunny it. ranch. Boggled. Well, that's did we true. talk about that? Did we did I well, say on the Bob Lazar story, right? We've already heard we already oh, had this yeah. story on Beer Can. My Alley, brother uh, fucking my brother lived across the way from Larry Flynn's Hustlers Club and he said there was cars that would go he, there and they wouldn't leave for months. Quick recap. He had a employee that used to work at the Bunny Ranch. She was, right? yeah, she was the uh, voice of the Bunny Ranch. The she, caller uh, on the what trucker line she, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was the ham radio. So ah. like, if you were a trucker <laughs> driving through Reno, she's on the ham radio. Hey, That's truckers, why don't you stop into the Bunny Ranch? And that's the thing that was on HBO, right? Uh, uh, was it on HBO? Didn't they have a TV show called The Bunny Ranch? The Bunny on Ranch, HBO? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hmm. yeah, the dude who owned it died not too long ago. Yeah. Get a heart attack or something. Right back attack. to Skinwalker <laughs> Ranch. <laughs> That's a whole other episode you want to get into because I've episode. seen almost every episode of that show. <laughs> I was a young he's, teen when that shit came out. He's also seen every episode of <laughs> uh, maybe 13, 14 when the buddy real sex. I'm sorry, I gotta stop. And Taxi Cab Confessions. Oh, that shit was wild. So uh, don't worry, that doesn't catch. Um, <laughs> yeah, it happens on my computer all the time. So. <laughs> um, gonna have a scummy TV episode. That's what it should be called. So OSAP <laughs> is like looking at everything. Or they're casting a humongous net. They're saying un- uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon. They're not saying flying objects um, in order to catch uh, a wider variety of things. They're expanding the scope into like paranormal things. Um, that way they can better kind of study what's going on, specifically at Skinwalker Ranch. But in general, when they get, like, um, they'll get tips from MUFON. You know, have you heard of MUFON before? Yeah. It's a mutual UFO network, which is like, you could become a MUFON <laughs> agent if you wanted yeah, to. Citizens it, it's, all, right. it's all the guys uh, that chase UFOs around the, the country. Uh, right. It's the well-armed militia of the uh-huh. UFO world. Of the UFO How variety. How much do they get paid to do that? I think? think you have to pay to be part of the MUFON. Uh, <laughs> you have to you pay do. dues. Um I don't know how true that is, MUFON, if you guys... I'm about to find out right now. But they get tips from, you know... M-U-F-F-O-N, like MUF? M U F O N. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> I'm about to find out how much dudes are right now. Um, so they'll get tips from, you know, Joe Joe Blow out in fucking West Virginia who saw some fall from the sky. And then they'll boot it to OSAP and say, well, and OSAP will look at it and say, well, this looks credible. We'll send someone out. Or this is more bullshit, blah, blah, blah. This is, un- this is explainable or unexplainable. Then we can send someone out. Um, and then we'll see some of those stories in this book, too. If you uh, join your local MUFON chapter, uh, there's something called the Fellowship of the Others who hold the same beliefs. 
that you do. <laughs> For this small fee of sixty nine ninety five. If you become you a member of MUFON, acceptance. If you become a member of MUFON, you receive a monthly UFO journal. Just <sighs> just for members. Dick, you're the newest member of MUFON. It consists, of, it consists of articles about UFO sightings and extraterrestrials, as well as written assignments and insights by our team of the written assignments UFO <laughs> report. Uh, I need you to go to the corner team. of. There's th uh, there's yeah. three levels of membership. I'm sorry, since you uh, only bought the lowest tier of the membership, one of your first written assignments is you're gonna have to take this sign here and go stand in the corner. <laughs> well, one of the first assignments for us, we need you to go see if uh, you can figure out if John Smith from Lorian is real from I number four. I'm looking to see if there's an Illinois chapter right now. So, like I said, OSAP has got this humongous scope to look at. Illinois. What's the What's the Illinois chapter? Sam Moranto, state director. Shout out, Sam. And Roger Lorella is the assistant state director. They have an yeah. Illinois website, boom. Got to see what these fuckers are about. That's 100% Southern Illinois, I guarantee it. About to find out. East, <laughs> East 1969. This, this feels yo. like a little Egypt. You keep going. All Cairo. <laughs> Cairo, for sure. I bet, it's, I bet it's Cairo. Somewhere around Cairo has got to be. Renew my membership. Okay. So... They're unique you don't have in a membership scope. to start with. I'm going to see if they'll give me a price on how much i got to pay them to renew, though. I'm going to pay these fucks shit. This wasn't confined to the mere catalog, uh, cataloging of UAP sightings. It said it sought to understand the broader implication of the phenomenon itself. Diving into realms of advanced aerospace technologies, the paranormal, and at the intersection of science and the unexplainable. So... Yeah, because most of the stuff that happens at actual Skinwalker Ranch isn't like UFOs. It's dude, they got move weird on TV. orbs and lights and object or like show. triangle objects, cattle mutilations. Yeah, it's not actual like desks flying in the air. Yeah. So you can either pay eight eighty nine a <laughs> month. You said Clint down a rabbit hole. How much? You can pay as low as six six eighty nine a month. To be a part of six hundred and eighty nine dollars. No, 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 six dollars. Six dollars oh. and eighty nine cents a month. Like or you can pay cents. as high as one hundred and thirty nine dollars and eighty eight cents if you want a one year basic membership. What the fuck? They put a cap on it like that. A hundred, a two hundred and ninety nine for a one year VIP membership, and three hundred and seventy nine oh. tax brackets, man, for a one year VIP membership with the Journal Plus, MUFON TV, and a hard copy of whatever. Oh, what the, the fuck is MUFON TV? We want that shit. Damn. Yeah, they got I'm learning they something have, new too. They have a TV station. Apparently, that, that's only for MUFON members. So you probably get a special code. MUFON.TV. Well, there's an app that I have to download on my phone. Oh. So you can probably download the MUFON app on fucking just Roku. Let you, just let you know. We, just let you know weekly. It shows ET, Mac, and me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Iron, the iron <laughs> Giant. Great. And uh, an infomercial for the fucking. <laughs> I'm, just, the I'm just assuming that either you can just watch it from your phone, or that might be something like you can download it on Roku and put a special code in, and then you Mar can get on Mars attacks. Watch. <laughs> I don't know. Don't tell me all those details. But then it's wanting all my shit, you know, if I want to. Yeah. I could I could become a member right now if I really wanted to. Central to OSAP's investigations was the enigmatic Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, a hotbed of paranormal activities and UAP sightings itself. Um, the ranch became the focal point of research. I mean, what's the one place in, that you can say that has the most place the most represent recreatable things is probably skinwalker ranch um so uh, unfortunately most of their equipment malfunctioned most of the time at yes. skinwalker ranch coming to find out like there's a lot of electromagnetic activity out there and radiation stuff that we talked about last time 
um, and that definitely affects those circuitries. And it's up by Chicago and Orlando Park. I don't know. Hmm. Now, did any, did any point did you want to read any of the encounters? Or are you good with me doing the whole you, thing? You can do it. All right. Well, first one we've, we're going to talk about Lango, California, the small community invention. So we're, we're going to talk. Um, did I say this already? Spe especially since you have a computer and I have to read it off my screen and I have to <laughs> scroll. <laughs> we're going to do like government and then encounter shit, right? So um, this is a small community in Ca uh, Ventura County, California. Uh, immediately following the 4th of July 2009 holiday, um, all hell broke loose on a 20-acre property in the middle of the township. During this period of high strangeness, four separate witnesses were involved. The Scarsdale family was relaxing on the porch on their large ranch home on the evening of July 5th. It was approximately 9.20 at night, according to the family patriarch Buck Scarsdale, a retired law enforcement detective with approximately 25 years of experience to himself. Quote, it was a beautiful evening, he recalled. It was warm, a bright moon. We were on the front porch just sitting around talking. I came into the house to get a cup of coffee, and I was walking north, northwest towards the coffee pot. Um, the kitchen lights went off. I immediately noticed seven huge lights outside. They were just a weird blue that I had never seen before. Bizarre. It looked like a new BMW or an LED lag light magnified by 100 or something that bright. And so I came in and I saw the lights and the first thing I'm thinking is, man, that's a lot of lights. Someone is trying to steal my orchard plants. So he's got, um, he's got an orchard of fruit trees. So he thinks this is <laughs> someone's out there trying to steal his fruit They're trees. shaking my trees. <laughs> Apples or oranges. <laughs> <laughs> so he hurries back to the porch, um, sees Cotton that his grapes. girlfriend, nice. <laughs> Joanna Fife, and son, Bo, were you, staring sorry. at the intense blue lights. I think lights. you make more money off of holiday grapes. <laughs> Both ask in unison, what are those lights? All seven lights appear to be stationary and several feet above the ground in their orchard about 500 feet away. There was no sound. The trio became concerned that a brazen group of people had driven a large, brightly lit trailer into the middle of their orchard to steal some of their expensive, award-winning fruit trees. Dude, they were just, they were just spotlighting deer. Come on, now. <laughs> They're award-winning fruit trees. After staring at the motionless lights for another three or four minutes, they jumped in their red truck and drove slowly with lights off in the direction of the lights. A few minutes later, they noticed as they drove slowly into the area that all the lights were gone. I didn't know the fruit tree farmer life was so goddamn gangster. <laughs> Live from the Florida, uh, from the California Oranges Association. Imagine that we TV have show. We've got to protect the fruit tree farm. Orange trees of the year. It's well, fucking. It, it's like <laughs> police orange, orange, or it's a, uh, it's the police of, uh, you know. Fruit trees. Uh, no, fucking filmed live on location. Oh, fruit back, fruit life PD. There's fruit agents yeah. everywhere. <laughs> there was a fucking. Oh, I missed that part. I was too caught up on the award-winning trees. I mean, they got like livestock people, like livestock cops and shit, right? Yeah. So, like, why wouldn't they have fucking fruit cops? <laughs> we protect and serve well, the fruit we community. This guy needs some. If I guess. We in Fruit County, dog. We need fruit police. So the lights just blinked out. No one even saw him blink off, and no one had seen anything move out of the orchard. And the Scarsdales were perplexed. They just drove their trucks right up and started trying to steal my blue ribbon fruit trees. God I damn. My peach trees. <laughs> Grabbed my shotgun and went after them. 
Have you all I can think in my head right now? Have you seen the machine that harvests the fucking orange trees and shit? It's like this big fucking net that comes out and circles the tree and just shakes the fuck out of it, and they all like fall into a fucking bucket. I just try to sneak one of them onto a giant farm and get it open. With seven bright ass lights. Goddamn it, hell, they're after the trees again. Yeah, it doesn't sound very smart to leave the lights on like that. I'd be racking shots off from my back porch. <laughs> I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure shaking the shit out of an orange tree makes a hell of a noise. You, you get want, the fuck out of here. You want my fucking trees? You're gonna have to take my soul then. <laughs> Just run out of shooting wild. I'm gonna die for these fucking trees. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, had a blood orange, it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Buck later told OSAP and Bass interviewers uh, if it would have hovered and moved away, we would have seen that. Uh, we would have seen something, <laughs> and we absolutely, we saw absolutely nothing. And by now, I'm kind of freaked out. There's only one way in this ranch and one way out. They drove around to the back gate of the property and confirmed that the gate was still closed and padlocked. Wait a minute. He said there's one way in, one way out, but they went to the back gate. But he went to the back gate. So there's two ways in. There's two ways in. <laughs> there was no sign of anything unusual in the area, so they returned to the house to discuss the strange well, happening. Well, no, the, way, the other way out, they had to go past them. So uh, yeah. I, th- I think it's nighttime. You could fit, you could get you could get you get you could probably do it. After 20 minutes, they agreed to return to the area, and this time they each carried powerful flashlights. <coughs> and when they reached the orchard, they turned their engine off and switched off the lights. Uh, Demogorgon hunters. They walked cautiously around the area looking for any tire tracks or any disturbances. After about 10 minutes <coughs> of searching, all three froze when a loud click broke the silence, and it seemed to be very close, but there was no obvious source. What was that, Bo muttered, but he received no answer. A uh, second loud click reverberated like a pistol shot coming from the dense bushes of around 20 yards away. Uh, the click did not seem mechanical and was completely different from a branch snapping. It was unlike anything they had ever heard before. Well, then you don't have to worry about that goddamn Sasquatch. He's going to say he breaks, he breaks twigs and throws rocks. That's a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> All three were on their hands and knees now, crawling slowly in the direction of the thick bush line. Okay, so th- <laughs> imagine this right now. This is you and your buddies. Why the fuck do you have bushes in your fucking orchard? You're down on you're down now you're crawling. Soil erosion. All right. <laughs> they ma- they later admit that their hairs were standing on the backs of their necks and they looked behind them but could still see nothing, even with the bright illumination from the moon. Uh, and then another click, this time from a different location. On the fifth click, as if in unison, all three hurried out and, and headed for their vehicle. They had had enough. So they head back home. Back on the porch, Buck got a message from his brother. Brother, brother, Roger. <laughs> He's the smart one of the family. Their names are Buck. Roger? His name's Buck, and his brother's Roger. Buck, Buck Roger. Roger. In the 21st, 21st century. century. That's right. <laughs> he was on his way over to the property after a social function. Buck was pleased because Roger was by far the most educated in the family with a doctorate in, attention in international law. C- c- coming from a social event, so he's probably drunk. <laughs> and a slew of other qualifications. Um, yeah, he's just ready to yeah, just... Yeah, we know what happens at them local social events. Yeah. We fucking listen to fucking gay Stag parties. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> MBS. Buck knew that Roger was a diehard hey, skeptic. Buck, let me show you this trick. And he was sure that this educated brother of his would provide some logical explanation for the bizarre events that had happened just a few hours ago. I think if I was getting choked, I'd probably see things, too. 
Let's <laughs> 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 call it lack of oxygen. <laughs> Maybe that's what's going on. Skinwalker Ranch. People getting choked out. Fucking First time I ever heard of Skinwalker Ranch, I thought it was some perverted shit. <laughs> I, looked into it and I was like, oh, it's ghosts and aliens and shit. That's wild. That's just because of where you're from, bud. It's just fucking man. Night Wolf out there wreaking havoc. It's Come Night on. Wolf out there wreaking havoc. Yeah, I'm the Night Wolf. Roger finally shows up around 1030. He listens to the family's story. Um, and his first and immediate desire is to go down, back down to the scene and check it out. So within minutes, Buck and Roger were walking the 500 feet or so <laughs> from the porch, slowly towards the center of the orchard. Buck and Roger. Uh, I, I can't take I it. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> Buck Rogers. We're, we're Roger and Buck, please. Buck, Buck, Buck. <laughs> we're just going to refer to them yeah, as Buck it. Rogers. Like Buck, Rogers. Buck Rogers in the 21st century. Yeah, if you don't call it Rogers, it's really strange. <laughs> <laughs> Buck Roger? Like you got a lisp. <laughs> like, like Mike Tyson saying it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be Buck Rogers. Buck, Buck Rogers. <laughs> Buck Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Actually, actually it. it would probably be Buck Rogers. Buck and Roger reached the area just before eleven, uh, where the three had heard the mysterious clicking noises. And as they were looking around, Roger saw a silver, gray, and blue flash disappear into an opening in the sky. Roger said in a numbered, deadpan voice, in a numbed, deadpan voice, "That doesn't happen." Roger stood gazing, speechless. Although it happened quickly, Jeez. Roger later told investigators that the sky literally opened up and a blue flash occurred and an oblong, sh uh, oblong object appeared to enter the opening, <coughs> which then closed swiftly. Wormhole. Roger continued looking at the same area of the sky and reported seeing a swirling bluish residue. As the enormity of what it just, he had just seen hit him, he leaned over to his brother and hoarsely whispered, Let's get the fuck out of here. Is <laughs> <laughs> the first uh, time they thought that? Didn't Mufasa do that shit in Lion King? <laughs> <laughs> what? Open up a blue and silver Yeah, and then like light came the clouds and came shit. Came up into the opening and of the sky? And they looked like him. <laughs> the clouds all wisped up. And I'm pretty like sure that's the scene where like... Uh, He's they looking at the. He's like looking into the water. And no, no, he looks at the no, sky. At the only sky. you. The sky gets all weird, and Mufasa like fucking swirls into the cloud. The fucking Disney motherfuckers animated the word S. No, that's that's when they're that's when oh, they're that's rolling the around on the ground, and the tornado in the sand goes rolling by. It's, it's oh. sex in the tornado. Oh. No, that's where he's. I, talking. Think I thought it, it was. It's where he's talking about. It's where it's the grandfathers come out of the sky. The clouds yeah, form more. It's where Simba flops down real quick before he starts seeing his dad. I thought it was, in, I thought it was in the little sand yeah. thing when he goes across before he passes out in the before Timon and Pumbaa find him and he passes out in that desert. There's no, a sand thing no, that no, goes no. by. I thought it was in that part. It was after Rashiki. He has that vision and trees and all that it's stuff. It's after he hooks up with Nala. Yeah, yeah. 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 man. Whew. That's a whole episode too of. Of Disney, Disney like put, of putting dicks and penis shit spires and on the fucking <laughs> mermaid yeah, shit. Yeah. Disney and, and there's the not just there. There's dicks and all kinds disgruntled of Disney, Disney penis. You can look plus it up. Plus plus disgruntled Disney dick. Yeah, but <laughs> the triple D. Dude, there's plus there's the whole thing of <laughs> is Walt Disney's head cry cryogenically frozen there's, in a bolt somewhere. There's um, <laughs> there's like a, a thing you can go and watch, and it's like all the deep cuts they've ever done of like Disney. Like with dick references and shit. There's like <laughs> thousands of them, dude. Motherfucking rescuers down under when they get on the Alcatraz got full oh, yeah, porn in the window. Yeah, there's actually a naked chick in the window. Nice. Full bush. 
bulb. She <laughs> 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 is George with it. Ah, fuck. A- H or W? So Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers uh, noticed now, actually. Just no, Buck. just Buck Rogers. Buck noticed that his cell phone has lost its charge, and it won't <laughs> charge at all. Uh, got hit, got 10 minutes difference than my car. Got hit with the EMP, man. Roger later oh, told investigators that it was one of the most amazing things he'd ever seen. And when he was recounting the event, he appeared to be completely unnerved by the, the experience. The next day after getting hit with that gamma ray, did he turn into the Hulk? Not yet. He just got <laughs> cancer and shriveled up to a prune, right? When the family members were interviewed separately, each reported a feeling of a lot of stress in the days after the incidents. <laughs> Buck, <laughs> Buck began smoking for the first time in many years That's and right. found that he couldn't sleep. He felt intensely lethargic and didn't shave for at least five days. <laughs> Dude, I was talking about earlier, the ultra fucking It kind of sounds just like depression. Emitters. Yeah. I don't know, man. He's chain-smoking like that. That's probably what gave him the cancer. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, on July 10th, just after midnight, Buck came downstairs into the kitchen and saw a single large, intensely blue light about a third of a mile away from out to the northern end of the pasture. The light looked like it was close to the ground, so he called Bo and Joanna into the kitchen, and they both confirmed seeing the light. As Buck and Bo stepped out on the patio, <laughs> the light dimmed abruptly. Uh, upon a closer inspection, uh, uh, upon a closer questioning by OSAP and Bass interviewers, all three thought they could see a vague structure behind and close to the light. One witness likened the barely visible structure to a wall. Um, as before, there was no sound associated with this object. They began uh, to move across the porch to better observe the light. They soon, as soon as they stepped off the porch, the light suddenly disappeared. Fifteen minutes later, Roger shows up, and within a few minutes, Buck and Roger walks out on the pasture to look for tracks on the ground where the bright light had been. Um, Joe and Joanne and Bo stayed on the porch. Um, I think whatever the fuck it was is afraid of Roger. Every time Roger shows up, it disappears. Well, I think so. <laughs> He's got a rifle and racked a shot off at it. See what happened. As the brothers walked the pasture, the bright light suddenly appeared in front of them. Oh, not afraid of Roger. But neither Joanna nor Bo saw anything from the porch. Buck and Roger stood silently in the pasture and watched the floating light, estimated to be about five feet in diameter and about 300 yards away, for another five minutes after which it suddenly vanished. Uh, Rather than emanating from some source, the light, like a flashlight or a headlight, this bright light appeared to Roger to be, quote, self-contained, as if there was no source producing the light. Um, the OSAP Bass Program managers heard the, about the high strangeness activity on the, the property through MUFON project manager Richard Lang. Um, OSAP and MUFON had a developed collaborative arrangement, like I had said, like I had talked about. So they'll get stories from whatever, and they'll kick it up to OSAP if they think it's credible. Um, so that's how they so got So some this. asshole like me reads a story and decides whether or not fucking it, it fucking... Well, I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, I think Buck Rogers just caught their attention. I'm not sure what channel it's on They probably was reading or writing their own articles. I'm not sure what channel it's on on TV, though, but there's a TV show called Paranormal Caught on Video or whatever, and there's strange, bright fucking lights on those like that that happen on that show all the time. I'm just saying, I'd look to see if Buck and Roger were members of MUFON. We still got some more. They're writing their own articles and shit. Are they? Yeah. Was this an assignment? No, 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 no. Sounds like it was to me. This is uh, an assignment. This is Buck, and this is that's their experience. They're they're reporting it to OSAP and Bass, who heard about it through MUFON. MUFON told Bass and OSAP 
they sent people out, and now they're, this is the interview that they're having. So, um, yeah, I mean, they get out and have an interview, but like, what's the initial like? Was he scrolling the internet? Who the fuck can I tell this to? Right. Really. I think I, they they contacted Mufon. It doesn't say how exactly they, but it would be something like that, right? Um, so, uh, on July thirteenth. Um, they sent three investigators with law enforcement experience, uh, and they were deployed on a preliminary fact-finding gathering site visit from Las Vegas to the Scarsdale property. They spent most of the day walking, photographing, and mapping the 20-acre property, um, and they really didn't find anything. They stayed on the property. Um, they conducted night watches on July 13th and 14th. Didn't see anything. Uh, investigators saw nothing out of the ordinary while they were on the property. Um, the team left on July 15th. Buck Scarsdale left the family, felt the family could put the bizarre and unexplained events behind them. But two nights later, on July 17th, Buck was abruptly awakened at 11.45 p.m. He was, in his words, compelled to get up to walk over to his bedroom window and look out in the northwesterly direction. Two bl large blue lights were out in the pasture hovering approximately 25 to 30 feet above the ground. Later, he estimated the lights were about 25 feet apart. Buck quickly ran downstairs, grabbed his Motorola 1880 cell phone, rushed outside onto the porch to try and record whatever was on his land. Buck thought he had obtained approximately 30 seconds of video of the lights on his cell phone, so he so called his brother Roger to come over and look at the footage. So let's guess it malfunctions. Roger arrives about 45 <laughs> minutes later, and together they replay the 30-second video clip. Slowly they realize that there was a solid object between the two lights. The object was hovering about 25 feet off the ground or so um, with the two bright lights on either end of it. It was it a Toyota Tundra. It, <laughs> it appeared to have a flattened bottom and a hatch on top. Um, Roger suggested that he drive the truck down to the exact location where Buck had filmed the lights, and Buck could film him sitting in the truck with the headlights on as a way of baselining or recreating the, the event. <clears throat> um, so Roger sits in the truck for about 15 minutes, and Buck remains on the patio and films the scene for about 30 or 40 seconds. Half an hour later, the two brothers reviewed the, the short clip on Buck's phone. They were bewildered to see two small, brightly lit red orbs moving in unison above the truck as Roger sat there blissfully unaware. Um, the video footage also showed what appeared to be a pair of thin legs in the truck's headlights. Uh, closer examination indicated that a small humanoid with a head, torso, two arms, and thin legs had been briefly illuminated by the headlight beams. Oh. <laughs> it just fucking... Sounds like scary Terry from the bar to me, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Caught her in the headlights for a second. <laughs> Do doesn't do the scary Terry, bitch. <laughs> Oh, the two brothers were then joined by Bo and Joanna, and then all four stayed up till five in the morning, obsessively playing and replaying the footage. When they compared the video that Buck had taken of the you two good? lights huh? out in the field, you good. Yeah, the thing was fucking leaning. <laughs> <laughs> um, they they um, compared the video that Buck had taken of the two lights out in the field with the footage of Roger sitting in the truck. It was very apparent that there was a fundamental qualitative difference between the lights on the craft and the lights on the truck. The craft lights were brighter, but not projecting light beams like the truck lights. Rather, Roger's description of the lights, like it said, seemed to be self-contained. Um, sometime during the four-hour period, Joanna locked the footage on the Motorola phone so that it could not be deleted. 
she says. Later, all four admitted to a profound uneasiness and reluctance to go to sleep. The family finally got to sleep around five. Before he retired, Buck put the cell phone on the charger. Both brothers awoke at 8 a.m. and began reviewing the footage again. To their astonishment, all of the files of the cell phone had been deleted. In addition to the recent video footage, dozens of Buck's vacation trips and holiday snaps had also been deleted. I got all my pictures on my phone. <laughs> all of them are gone. They was probably really grainy and you had to squint on them anyway. <laughs> they would, yeah. It's just Motorola sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the, phone, um, the phone got flashy thing by the MIB. The men in black again, yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing remained on the device except for Buck's list of contacts. On uh, July 23rd, a second team of OSAP investigators arrived to conduct additional surveillance and re-interview the eyewitness because, well, fuck, more shit happened after we left. Let's come back. Um, they brought a Sony HDR SR10 camcorder, set that up on the west side of the Scardale's residence, and then... Um, uh, where we go? There we go. Uh, s s Set that up on the west side of the Scarsdale residence before pointing, pointing it northward toward the location and the most frequent sightings. Meanwhile, the three investigators were deployed on the property for a night watch between 8.30 and 5.30 a.m. By 9.30 p.m., the OSAP investigators saw lights to the west, and as all three of them trained their night vision goggles in that direction, all, all, all of them separately verified a witness uh, seeing six to eight briefly lit circular orbs that were estimated to be about two miles away. All the objects were moving and formed different transient patterns in the sky, ranging from a straight line with all eight objects parallel to the ground to a tightly clustered formation. Um, the brightly lit spheres appeared to be synchronized as they would line up vertically and horizontally, circle around each other, and then depart in different directions. Um, the sighting lasted more than a minute before each of the objects abruptly disappeared. At no time were the abrupt were at no time were the brightly illuminated, fast-moving objects visible with the naked eye. I need to get me some night vision goggles. A bunch of nerds sitting out there with night vision goggles. Yeah. I just, sure. I just think of three Dan Aykroyd sitting out there. With yeah, right. Ray, no. Um. So yeah, uh, he Buck goes on to to see a black light with no a black object in the sky with no lights hovering above one of his greenhouses, about three hundred yards from his residence. He was using a pair of uh, Generation 3 night vision goggles borrowed from the OSAP team. Um, Buck yelled at the other investigators to train their night vision goggles on the area, but they could, could not firm his sighting. And Scarsdale just described seeing through the night vision goggles a small hovering craft, some 20 or 30 feet long with a flat bottom. Hmm. So, so, yeah. Like silver Surfer. <laughs> silver. Board, it was just this. This is coming. It was shit. just a stealth bomber. It's okay. <laughs> For, for years and decades, that's it was because the stealth bomber. It's okay. They were just testing it. That could be. Throughout the month of uh, July in 2009, all four Scarsdale witnesses reported intermittent unexplained incidents, like hearing the refrigerator door open and close where, when nobody was in the kitchen, doors opening and closing at night when everybody was in bed, unexplained flashes of lights on the property and in the house. Of course, similar low-level poultry poltergeist activity mm. had been a signature of Skinwalker Ranch phenomena over decades of investigation involving dozens of people. It ain't the fucking aliens, it's the ghosts. 
Like a fucking thin-legged fucking interdimensional beings robbing the fridge and shit. That's how you got to eat in the other dimensions. <laughs> Ooh, they made spaghetti. I'm getting that shit tonight. <laughs> well, there's got to be somebody special <laughs> you can call to come eradicate you of both of these problems. Yeah, at fucking once. move on. No, nah, it don't sound like it. it. Sounds like they just read, write articles and oh, not yeah, move, no, not move, not move trying on. to make money off it. Sounds a little Alex can, Jones. Can, can you call the Men in Black? They, they they show up on their own. Yeah, they, they, they can just flashy thing you and you forget. Like they just show up on their own. This is like the opening scene of Casper. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but yeah, different people roll in and the yeah. preacher rolls in rolls and he comes out with his head twisted back. Don't worry, guys. I'll take the picture. <laughs> Skinwalker Ranch, nestled in the remote reaches of the north northeastern Utah, stands as the nexus of the unexplained. A piece of land shrouded in mystery and legend. When OSAP turned its attention to the ranch, it opened a chapter in saga filled with inexplicable occurrences, uh, challenging the very fabric of reality. Um, the ranch was previously owned by the Gorman family, which we had talked about, um, was a theater of high strangeness. Um, the family's experiences were, were ranging from bizarre, unidentifiable creatures prowling the land to mysterious lights darting across the sky, sets the stage for OSAP's interest. Um, which, because wasn't one of the original stories the dad fucking shot one of the skinwalker wolves yeah with, like with no reaction no reaction it, it, just, it just it just fucking bounced off and it looked at him and then eventually went away you didn't shoot it with silver <sighs> i didn't uh-huh. Uh-huh. what would you rather be a werewolf or a vampire a werewolf or a vampire yeah. vampire Ooh, that's a i don't know can you you don't remember what happens when you're a werewolf you're kind of just feral and you don't well, you gotta think about it. Yeah, werewolf sucks. That's like the beast within. Va- va- vampire, you still have the superhuman strength. Can't go out in the sun, which is fine. Sun sucks anyway. It's hot. That, yeah. Depends what vampires we're talking I'd about. Ver- I'd be a werewolf, bro, because vampires. You can sparkle like, out in the sun. I'll be a daywalker. <laughs> I'd be a werewolf because vampires is gay. Yeah, but where? <laughs> I mean, I feel like vampires be most, everything. Most, like you realize, about you're, it. you'd be going around like sucking realize, on necks all the time. Realize, <laughs> be alive so you long. You realize werewolves can't fucking transform unless it's a full moon. No, you gotta suck on necks. I mean, you don't have I to mean, suck on necks. You can necks. buy them anywhere, motherfucker. Uh, that's, why, that's why checks like I mean, vampires. Vampires is gay, bro. That's why vampires sell <laughs> novels. I have to call up fucking Dick and be like, "Come over here, so I can suck on your neck." Werewolf just bites your hand. You'd rather fucking be all fucking feral and werewolf like go kill, kill a motherfucker. And not werewolf know it just fucking mutilates you one night. Every night. I think I think there there are gay vampires and I think that there are straight vampires. You don't have to go around. The concept of sucking on necks, especially dudes. Yeah, but like that's. Like that's Anne Rice, dog. Like, open no, your mind. Not everybody every got suck va- on necks. Every vampire of all time to turn another motherfucker into a vampire. That's sucks not their true. Neck. You can suck on a wrist. Yeah, I ain't wrist. never seen nobody turn into a vampire by sucking on the wrist. Yeah, for no. sure. I think that happens in Blade, dude. Uh, ah! No, he's John, already a vampire. John he's blood to stay alive. Dude, John Carpenter's vampires. The yeah, fucking dude. girl that turns into a vampire. He f- she gets bit on the inner thigh. At a fucking party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about... Uh, By Terry fucking Silver, man. Sometimes, no, she's yeah. a chick. Sometimes a fucking garlic helps. Sometimes it don't. Depends, uh, yeah, it depends no, on man. the vampire, man. concept of vampire is very gay to me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know your vampire can't come in your house unless you invite him in? Uh, yeah. Don't ever invite anybody in. Did you know that? <laughs> I've seen Lost Boys. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bob Bigelow. Under the ownership of Bob Bigelow and the supervision of NIDS... His company, National Institute for Discovery Science, Skinwalker Ranch becomes a focal point for scientific inquiry in this phenomenon. Um, 
The investigators encountered a plethora of unexplained events and orbs of light that seemed to have intelligence, shadowy figures that appeared then vanished, unidentifiable animals that defied biological categorization. One particularly chilling encounter involved a team of researchers observing a large humanoid uh, figure perched in a tree, an entity that uh, seemed to vanish when approached. Uh, another account tells of a disembodied voice echoing through the night, speaking in an unknown language. Uh, these incidents, among countless others, painted a picture of the place that not just haunted by the unknown, but alive with it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the ranch's influence extended beyond the visual and physical. Many researchers reported psychological effects after their visits, ranging from pervasive feelings of being watched uh, to acute paranoia, suggesting that the phenomenon at Skinwalker Ranch had the power to affect not just the environment, but the human mind itself. Um, Which we talked about electromagnetic fields, and those fuck with your mind like that. So, like, they think there's a big electromagnetic field that's, like, right around there, and that's explains part of the phenomenon that happens there and yeah, electronics not working. That's what I was saying earlier about the uh, different um, frequencies or whatever fucking with people's brains or whatever can cause them to be sick. I'm pretty sure it's just radioactivity. It could be. <laughs> the, fucking the, ate, the bomb ripped a fucking hole in space time. Yeah, but that was in, that was in Arizona. <laughs> mm, what, 20 years prior, right? At that point. <coughs> no, Skinwalker, well, the main part of Skinwalker Ranch is like the early 90s, so 2000s. Yeah, what if it was like the testing ground this for is, the x This is 50 years later. Yeah, I'm Maybe thinking like, well, like the Gormans and stuff was probably there for a couple years, right? So in like early 80s probably. Training ground for the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Xavier Uni or Academy is. <clears throat> Shit, who knows? That's where Beast went off to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So explains the shape shifting. One of the most significant encounters detailed in the book is the harrowing experience of the team of researchers in Skinwalker Ranch. It's a darkness cloaked in the landscape. The team, equipped with night vision goggles and scientific curiosity, ventured into the unknown. Um, That's how I always go into the unknown. Their, their evening took <laughs> towards uh, turn towards the extraordinary when they encountered a massive, silent, and invisible entity only perceptible through its distortion of the starry sky above. Um, this encounter, which left the team both awestruck and unnerved, epitomized the perplexing nature of the phenomenon at the ranch. Is that, is that the one where they, like, started to walk in a direction and just instantly stopped and started to back up? That No, this one's a different one. This was, like, a big thing above them um, that they could see. They could see, like... <coughs> they could see like the stars through it, but it was like shimmering like the predator. Oh, cloaked. Cloaked. That's 100% what I had in my so head. So it was like transparent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, another profound incident involved the seasoned police officer witnessing an orb of light that transformed into a frightening creature, a sighting that defied not only a logical explanation, but also the officer's understanding of reality. Uh, this experience, like many others, left the witness questioning the very nature of existence. So how do you study something you you have to have objective information, right? You can't just study someone's someone's subjective. You how, know. How do you even actually study this? Figuring there's no baseline or yeah, so there's no information or technology for this type of shit. <coughs> Definitely no manufacturing process. At, at least to our knowledge, because we're, we're we're not supposed to know. 
I mean, I don't know. We're not supposed to know. They just don't want us to know. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're it, it, we're part of the cult, or we're part of the population that's supposed to remain ignorant, stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is interesting, isn't it? Like this is going on, and everybody else is just living their lives day to day. Which is, I mean, it's yeah. What are you gonna do anyway? Right? You're just gonna keep what keep, year on, was keep it on. But what like, year was that? This is 2009. I don't know, with all the technology that we have, it's kind of hard to. Like, I don't know, anymore, it's like when you watch, like, old videos of, like, UFOs and shit, it's like, you know they made that shit up. Like, a shaky camera. Yeah, right. See, it in the sky. Uh, see I've, I've very rarely found videos that were worth, like, I, you would think that there would be a plethora of, like, well-documented, perfectly framed, perfectly lighted fucking... Have you ever tried to hold your phone or a camera in the moment of something happening? Your body's going I mean, like this, though. Yeah. I get it, but like there the are cameras everywhere, dog. Fucking right. security footage, Tra fucking traffic cameras everywhere. Everything, and we don't got shit. Yeah. I mean, for I a hot there minute, is, there was um, definitive proof with all the cameras sticking everywhere and all over the fucking place. All the cameras we've got all in like satellites around the world right now, taking pictures of shit constantly while they're flying over us. Can't get one shot of nothing. Las Vegas of in July of this last year, there was that um, supposed alien that crashed in that. Dude's backyard. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. green creatures around their backyard. Called nine one one or whatever. Right, around that time there were a bunch of like UAP videos on TikTok, and I would take the videos and I would put them on uh, this movie creator and I would stabilize the the object as best I could. Um, I have a few videos to where it's just. I don't know if you've ever seen like a dance video where it like focuses on their face and then just like you can just it just like the video is just on their face. It looks kind of weird but this is i mean you can see some of these things are like amorphous like they just kind of they look like blobs of oil in the sky that kind of just blah, 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 blah. and do you think that there strange, could just be things, things, things out there that we don't understand like think about like when an ant looks up at the sun or whatever well, that's you what, know what i mean that's 100 percent what i think if it an is. Ant sees a, us rolling it, by you know what i'm saying like, non-combustion mode of transportation that's been fucking developed or reverse engineered and uh, we just don't know what the fuck it is. Like, remind me after this, I'll show you some videos. Like, you know what I mean? How can I bet an ant can't fathom one of us walking by it? You know what I'm saying? Right. It doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. Like, other than it's a big motherfucker, get out of the way, or I'm gonna right. die. <laughs> right. You know, if you you and know. Then right after that, it's like I got to go fuck the queen. <laughs> you know what a fractal is, right? Like a fractal like image. You ever seen that before? No. Well, maybe. Um, it's like when you smoke salvia. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're like it's like uh, a mathematical al algorithm that like uh, maps <laughs> out like it, in a certain way, but like you can infinitely zoom in, and it kind of has the same shape as you keep as you're getting smaller and smaller. The shapes kind of shift as far as the image goes, but they kind of go in like a rotation. Mm -hmm. It's really weird, but like kind of the same idea with like us and ants us and whatever this phenomenon could be right like we can't even fathom what like exactly what you're saying an ant can't uh, fathom I mean, what we're experiencing shine a flashlight on an ant like what, what the fuck maybe what that's the, the same thing as going on with the sun maybe right. it's this motherfucker shining a light on us like look at these fucking assholes down so here get, gotta make gotta make another movie reference now you, you guys ever watch the movie can't hardly wait it's got like ethan embry seth green it's a college or it's a high school party on the night of their graduation or whatever and uh, you got Char is it, I think it's Charlie Como is the nerdy kid 
and he goes to the party and gets drunk for the first time and becomes like the most popular kid at the party <laughs> that night. And he's in the back pool area looking up at the sky with a bunch of stoner kids. And he's like, all right, guys. He's like, look at this pretzel, all right? He's like, you see the salt on the pretzel? He's like, now look at the stars. He goes, what if that's because God's salt? And all the stoners are like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> that's, like, that's like an ant reference <laughs> that we're talking about. Maybe we all uh, live in the blue eye of a big giant. We could. I'm thinking all the all the uh, uh, like flashes of light that are coming through, poking through the sky and shit's just like our marble cracking off another fucking marble. Like the end of Men in Black. <laughs> yeah. Like the end of Men in Black. Right, the right. old boy whips out the marbles and our universe is <laughs> a tiny little marble. And right. it's like, yeah, I mean... <laughs> so, in the quest to unravel these crazy mysteries of UAPs and all the paranormal phenomena at Skinwalker Ranch, Aesop and Aesop and its successors did not only rely solely on anecdotal evidence or passive observation. Instead, they embarked <clears throat> they embarked on a scientific endeavor, employing advanced technologies and methodologies to study what was previously beyond the reach of conventional science. This section. We talk uh, the fusion of science and the unknown here. So, like, completely off the grid, like, anything goes here because we don't know what we're going to catch. So um, they used a range of equipment from electromagnetic field meters to infrared cameras, captured, analyzed these anomalies that they're looking for. Um, this scientific approach was crucial in lending credibility to the credibility to the investigations and attempting to bring a semblance of understanding to the unexplained occurrences. I mean, you gotta you gotta have some credibility, or none, none of this is gonna you know stick. Um, most of the people who spent more than a day on Skinwalker Ranch brought something home with them from the property. This effect was almost universal and um, universally unpleasant. Even during the NIDS days when... You mean like a rock or a stick or some shit? <laughs> well... No, like an entity. Ah. Like, uh, yeah, not like physically either. Just, you know, you being Spir around like... Spiritually. Like a cough or something. You you've been, you were infected. A lingering cough. <laughs> um, you get that from a lot of other things, too. <laughs> um, Loose women, smoking too many cigarettes, hanging out at night when it's cold, no jacket on, going outside with wet hair. <laughs> did every one of those things that <laughs> uh, when Colm Kelleher and Eric Davis spent literally hundreds of days on and on night watches on Skinwalker Ranch from 1996 to 1999 their wives would occasionally remark waking up in the night and seeing people in their bedrooms or black shadows walking through their house um, the fucking succubus it'd be shadow people not, not the good kind either <laughs> These post-ranch events were noticeable but mild during the NIDS years, but they escalated dramatically with the OSAP and BAS programs on the ranch in 2009, all five actively serving intelligence agency personnel who visited the ranch during OSAP and BAS programs experienced profound anomalies while on the property. And even more importantly, all five of them brought something home with them, um, like the guy that saw the weird fucking tube from last week. Um, and then they, they had the the weird reaction with. Swear to God, there's floating tube look, in my house. tube. <laughs> <laughs> and the weird floats. cold pocket. Just sitting there, Bill. <laughs> 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 Fucking telling you, it floated the other night. I watched it. Which, that's sitting right here at the that's, dinner table that's eating that's my mac the, and cheese. That's all the uh, Axelrod family seeing the wolves in the yard and the shadow people and the lights and the orbs and the all that. 
Right. I, I was eating my mac and cheese that I made in my microwave that's real safe. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Axelrod and his family are the poster children for the eruption of anomalies in the home following trips to Skinwalker Ranch. Um, for more than a dozen years following his July 2009 and subsequent tri trips back to the ranch, Axelwad's wife and then teenage children were subjected to nightmarish dogmen appearing in their backyard to blue, red, yellow, and white orbs routine routinely floating through their home and the yard to black shadow people standing over their beds when they awoke and to a, a relentless bar barrage of loud, unexplainable footsteps walking up and down the stairs in their home. What was a normal middle-class home in suburban Virginia became an inferno of bizarre, unexplainable phenomenon, and the Axelrod and, and Jonathan Axelrod and his family were certain that the trigger for this transformation was his first trip to Skinwalker Ranch. It is indeed lucky that the Axelrod family was and is extremely stable, psychologically well-adjusted and grounded um, because I... <laughs> Sorry. Can you imagine, like, having all that shit happen to you? Like, you're just, you're just a kid going to school and, like, your dad works for the government and all this shit starts fucking happening. Like, <laughs> you're seeing dogmen out on the fucking front lawn. Well, supposedly, ain't that how like, Alex Jones grew up? Yeah, I guess. They say his dad was a fucking work for the CIA or some shit, Sounds and they like had weird shit like that going on at their house. R.L. Stein book. Uh, I think you grew up to fucking write, like he said, fucking weird books, and people would be like, look at this creepy motherfucker. <laughs> Don't let him come to the house. So damn eerie Indiana. <laughs> talking That's about a good show, though, man. Shit. Um, like it attaching to you and then rubbing off on other people. Like eventually, like the the phenomenon itself can actually transmit itself. It seems that, that they're finding out here. That happens every time they listen to this podcast, anyways, bud. <laughs> we attach ourselves to them and it rubs off. That's right, baby. <laughs> well, just to let you know, if you actually have a sensitivity to that shit, it senses it and it will attach itself to you. That's why you don't go to shit that you're not supposed to go to. He's a warlock. He knows. To listen to this. So in vivid contrast <laughs> to the reaction of the Axelrod family um, is this reaction of Juliet Witt and her roommate to this intense poltergeist activity. Um, that erupted in their home following her two-day visit to Skinwalker Ranch in August of 2009. Um, this sudden eruption of poltergeist activity during which two wine bottles were flung across the room, ceiling fans would turn on, TVs would turn off on their own. Did, did the wine bottles still have wine in it? Is, is, was it a tragedy, or was it just two wine bottles that are just busted? We're talking it's about Poulter, P-O-L, or P-O-U-L, like Will Poulter. <laughs> We're talking like uh, talking like Craig T. Nelson, uh, fucking Poltergeist, the movie, bud. They're here. <sighs> that little girl died, too. That whole, see, that whole fucking... There's a lot of people from fucked. that movie died. Yeah, she got some weird flu or something and died. She's the same chick that did the... Um, so, was she it wasn't Sam weird flu. She got beat to death by her fucking dad. No, it was a different kid, I think. This girl got like some sort of flu and died. Um, so, the, you're talking about the girl that did land before time. No, I'm talking about the all dogs go to heaven girl. It's in Poltergeist. She got fucking got beat to death by her dad. It's two different kids. Oh Is it? Mm. The girl from Poltergeist, I'm pretty sure. She like her, like her stomach. Or no, it's the sister from Poltergeist got beat to death <laughs> by yes. her fucking boyfriend. The older, the older sister. Yeah. The little girl, like, 
like her appendix or something like that exploded and they didn't catch it it's, and she died. It's, I'm a, sure, it was, right? it's a rare flu she got and they didn't know how to take care of it or something like that and some sort of stomach flu and her like stomach rupture. All I know is the, away. All wow. I know is the medium chick in that movie, the little short fucking <laughs> yeah. with the voice. She's creepy as fuck. Yeah, I know. She's on a bunch of stuff too. Yeah. Um, some other weird things that happened. Uh, they would have uh, books showed piled up at the base of their stairs. Clothing moved and lay down on their um, floor with no one else in the house. Um, and this these these people. How what 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 was their reference? The Skinwalker Ranch. Juliet Witt. And this is her roommate. And this is all the things that are happening uh, to her roommate at her home. Now. Um, this sounds like methamphetamines is involved. Uh, that's, that's what I was thinking, dude. Like mushrooms like, and meth. Who the fuck is documenting where they put their fucking story? At, or is this just a random experience that Bass and Alsap are investigating? No, this was a one of those um, one of the engineers and operators that went to visit. Okay, as they were, uh, this is their uh, so reactions there was, at home. So there was an attachment. Yep. Okay. That just happening. It, it seemed to happen to everybody that went there. Um, <laughs> so uh, this one, the emotional. This one. Uh, this one's pretty crazy. Um, well, help. Big she, collections of books to be piled up on the fucking stairway. Anyway, <laughs> like. That's <laughs> I'm I'm starting to develop a collection. It's well, they're, two, they're all over the In 2009, there were people were just starting the audiobook shit, man. Yeah. <coughs> That's true. Uh so, so let you know I listened to this book and it was audio. I didn't read it. <laughs> I, I listened I, to it. I listened to it forward and backwards and then I'm like, well, I want Pedro Pascal to read my book. And just let you know, <laughs> that book, you can speed it up to about a 2 and listen to it in <laughs> two and a half hours. <laughs> Uh, and so it's still legible. Uh, Some books, if you get it past a certain speed, it's not legible, and you can't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> uh, so some other military personnel had some other issues here. Um, she brought something home. It was immediately apparent when um, Jim Costigan and his wife Lila experienced a very close encounter with a blue orb in their quiet Maryland neighborhood in September of 2009. Her upper arm was briefly grazed by a low-flying blue orb as it flew past her and disappeared into the neighborhood. Almost immediately, Layla became ill and experienced a constellation of unusual symptoms before being eventually diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, an autoimmune disease in which immune system attacks the thyroid gland. She got it from the Koshiyamari from fucking Star Trek. Some Chinese food that's or something. Uh, that's a new thing going around, man. Like, uh, it's, nah, I can't. You just randomly get that shit? Andrew's got it. Fucking, it's a, it's a, so like, so uh, women that like fucking can't, uh, like, it's not from this find country. motivation and shit. It's, it's not from this country, though, right? No, no. It's, it's auto guy. So, like, uh, yeah. your, a guy system. fucking, a guy noticed it was a thing. It's a thing your thyroid does. So a dude from another country noticed that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got His you. name was Hashimoto. Okay. <laughs> it's not <laughs> from <laughs> Japan's not attacking. Sounds like he was a fucking <coughs> straight shogun. So uh, they did uh, other things. Um, shogun MD. His wife ended up Thursday's developing lupus and Raynaud's disease. Um, both acro Axelrod teenagers were also suffered uh, intense flu-like symptoms during different times uh, following anomalies in their home. So... We could go into, f they have a lot of um, documented 
stuff on each of these, but it breaks HIPAA, so you can't really talk about it. Um, <laughs> so they don't bring it up. They, they which, say specifically we don't talk about it anymore. Which HIPAA is the group that we talked about last week with the guy in Georgia that the men in black guys showed up and said they worked for that division. I thought you said it was a World, Health, World Food Organization. HIPAA, is, HIPAA, is, the fucking HIPAA is the Health Insurance Portability um, Yeah, and we can't Act. share fucking people's prescription information. And, and just personal health information, well, that sort of thing. That's the type of group that the two guys that were like men in black showed up when the story we we're talking about the guy who got hit by the gamma radiation last week hmm. um so yeah probably because he had some rare cancer and they were showing up like yo bro you're gonna lose your insurance you keep trying to tell everybody in the world that you got cancer like we have hip hip compliance <laughs> walks like weekly I can't be telling all the doc what all the doctors are doing, bro. Like you, you lose your insurance. <laughs> in January, to his house. in Perfect. January of twenty-one, an interview on uh, Mystery Wire, uh, Bob Bigelow opened up about his phenom this phenomenon of, of uh, attachments um, to George Knapp, the guy who wrote the write this book. Uh, he says, "Well, yeah. So hitchhikers, being that you take uh, you take things home with you." Everybody took things home with them. I took things to my house. Things happened to my wife and to me in different places. So everybody took things home. But we didn't know that GE was going to be kind of permanent. We didn't know that it was going to stay with you for maybe years or the rest of your life. Who knows? Sounds like herpes. <laughs> <laughs> Happens in Vegas, stays in Vegas. I'm Except for herpes, that shit comes back with you. So um, James Lekatsky experienced a profound anomaly on the ranch in 2007, which was a significant instigation in the format formation of OSAP and BASS program. Um, Lekatsky and his wife experienced a few but not many anomalies in their home in the years following his um, Skinwalker Ranch visit. But um, DIA official, which DIA is a de Defense Intelligence Agency official um, who was hired at the DWO, which is the Defense Warning Office, where he worked um, in January 2011. Fucking bureaucracy. A lot of letters with dots. Sat in the office cubicle next to Lekaski. So this is an office worker that he happens to share a cubicle with. They were putting shit in his coffee while he was walking away. That's why he was seeing shit all the time. Well, she... It's called LSD. <laughs> Want to fuck with him some more? Yeah, put a little squirt of LSD in his coffee. So start seeing weird shit at the ranch. February and June of 2011. <laughs> this shit's getting out of control. Fuck it, let's keep going. Her name was Susanna. Her brother, his name's Eddie Ash, had no experience whatsoever with anomalies. So this is a like tertiary re relationship, maybe even. He knows a guy that knows a guy. Knows a guy, right? Um, never had any experience with anything. He started to have escalating series of close encounters with UAPs in rural Moxville, North Carolina, that continued for months afterwards. Eddie's quiet country home became, uh, suddenly had large orange UAPs hovering outside at night, and aerial photos of his house were sent to his mobile phone from unknown numbers. His pet dog once disappeared through multiple locked doors, no less, while Eddie slept, only to be found in the morning whimpering outside. Some weird, strange thing happening poor, to this guy. Poor puppy. So... Could Lacassie have transmitted something to Susanna, who subsequently transmitted to her brother? That's how attachments work. Axelrod and the effect, Axelrods and the infectious agent model to tease additional details, trying to get more details. So they're gonna they use this infectious disease model now because they're noticing that 
this attachment thing is happening. Mm. So thinking that, you know, it can't attach to you, so then you worry. That, so then you think, well, what objective information can you pull off of this <laughs> to say that this is um, you that this is working? Well, you can do blood samples, and you can see if um, your immune system um, is being attacked, or um, to see what kind of um, lab values are out of whack to help kind of determine. Well, to, to help have your body show like objectively that you have been attached by something something is attached to you because you're showing it physically through lab results that a normal value wouldn't have this result right hmm. that makes sense did they find anything they did they did they they started to use this as kind of an objective way to to, to study this it's a nicotine monkey on their back um i hope it included a drug test it did, yes. And uh -oh. They were um, they were all sober, and all of these were very high uh, high ranking military officers as well. That that don't mean shit. <laughs> well, You're right. Well, that's like Axelrod, wasn't that, he? Yeah, that shit can be doctored. Wasn't Axel? <laughs> of course, they're not on any drugs. But but they so military they have officials. To, thank you very much. Military officials work at department Department of Defense, and so they have to have high ranking security clearances, which you have to be. Yeah. Fucking that's stable. Yeah, <laughs> but if they were giving you something themselves in your water, in your food, while sure. you're at lunch, sure, and you're not paying attention. Whatever. Well, that, well that's like Axelrod. The, They're not going to disclose that to you and I that they've got it. He was a high-ranking uh, military official. Some, uh, right. Let's say Axelrod. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then you're that, you're, you're they thinking could be of doing like a military experiment that you know those guys don't even know about, and they just got chosen for a. You know, as they walk away from their lunch, or they feed them their lunch, or, uh, I don't know how. You know, if they all ate together in a, like some operation. Sort of, what is this your one, new paranoia, Clint? The one well, guy no, was well, the uh, one guy was in a cubicle right next to the other guy. You don't give. You didn't have much more access than that when a guy goes to take a piss to walk right over and put something in his coffee or his fucking food. The, uh, you're thinking <laughs> like, um, uh, uh, what's the government program that people talk about with this? Oh, Manchurian Candidate? Well, it's kind no, of. Are uh, you talking about like when uh, the movie Matt Damon's in, where they give the dude LSD and he jumps out the window? No, something. Uh, it's like about the CIA where they fucking were using LSD to try to get yeah. like more new, like more shit out of people. I can't like, think of it right and now. They give this dude a, a, I can't remember the name of the movie. Is it like Matt Damon? Quit talking. I fucking there's an acronym. Uh, oh, never mind. That's terrible. It's it's alphabet soup from here on out. I just man. know they fucking give this dude a fuckload of LSD and they're interrogating him, and he just gets up and runs and jumps headfirst out the window and kills himself. And it's like whoa. One of the dudes like, maybe we shouldn't be using so much. Like, yeah, probably not. So, talking about, this is... Um, M fucking K Ultra. MK Ultra, that's what it is. Well, Damn. That was Dick's thing. Well, that's, that's <laughs> legitimate. That's this, what you're talking about. Um, where they would dose their... their I mean, that's, not even, a, that's uh, not even a conspiracy theory yeah, anymore. They gave, uh, they gave the Tuskegee um, pilots fucking uh, syphilis and that's, shit. Yeah, yeah. On purpose. Yeah. So... This is um, one of the first examples of, uh, I guess you would say... Uh, Line up for your vitamin shots. <laughs> this would be the first example of like an insult to an immune system that they are using to... Uh, this is a profound example of that, that they're using in their study to, um, uh, to prove that, you know, you were affected by this phenomenon in some way. Um, this is the blue orb thing we were talking about last week that was, um, that caused that, that a terrible so cancer. What, what specific, like, uh, uh, what levels were like higher or lower? 
Well, I can get to, um, let me get to this here, because we're gonna, this, is, this one's really well documented, and it has all these levels in it, and I can tell you. Um, so, <clears throat> this happened to a 48-year-old biotechnologist? Biotechnologist. Technologist, there you go. Jesus. Biotechnologist. <laughs> I shouldn't be the one that has to save you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his name was Ron Becker. Not his real name, I guess. Um, his daughter was, him and his daughter were That's driving. That's his assumed name? That's his assumed name okay. for, the, for this. Um, Not using real names. Yeah. To protect the families. Yeah. Um, they were driving uh, 50 <laughs> miles southeast of Bend, Oregon, on Highway 20 on the night of May 1st, 2005. Um, Becker was driving a rental car to visit his brother. Um, since it was a long trip and he was trying to arrive at his brother's house in Bend at a reasonable hour, Becker was traveling very fast, 85 miles an hour. He explained that he routinely drives this fast when traveling long distances. Um, Becker said that the road was deserted when the incident occurred. Becker's daughter was in the passenger seat with the seat back in the reclined position when she noticed three blue, light, three blue objects flying around about 100 yards away in a nearby field. Um, the objects were making random zigzags around each other with no apparent purpose. Um, as the younger Becker watched in uh, amazement, these three blue orbs began moving quickly towards the car. Within seconds, two of the three small round objects flew directly through the vehicle. One path passed across the dashboard in front of in front of her father, in front of father and daughter before ex exiting the car through the window. As the younger Becker watched in horror, the second orb entered the upper left arm of, her, of the father, passing through his upper body at the chest level and exited his body at the level of his bicep. That's how I felt when they gave me the COVID shot, yo. <laughs> <laughs> the daughter had witnessed the exit of the blue orb from her father's shoulder. Um, as the bass scientist debriefed Becker, he, he remembered feeling a sense of movement through his body, um, and he knew that something bizarre had just happened. Everything just seemed to become blurry and hazy, he said. He recalled being fixated on the horrified expression on his daughter's face after the orb exited his right upper arm. Uh, he looked up in time to see the blue, to see a uh, bright blue ball moving away from his car at a distance of about 100 feet. Um, he judged it to be about the size of a softball, clearly shaped like a sphere with sharply defined outlines um, in a follow-up interview, the younger Becker um, remembered that the two other balls, blue, that were entered the car were slightly different shades. One was darker than the other. Um, within minutes of the incident, while driving still quickly, he began to feel ill, um, nauseated, and, um, and just kind of weak. He started to get scared. Um, but he was too scared to stop driving. Um, according to both occupants, something strange occurred then. The 45-minute segment of the trip appeared to take three hours. Um, eventually, they arrived at his brother's house, and because Ron was attending a conference in the morning, they went, he went straight to bed. Um, while asleep, Becker had an unusual vivid dream. He recalled an unusual face surrounded by light, saying to him, quote, okay, we're going to fix this. While a finger in front of his face applied pressure on his left shoulder, Four hours later, he awoke feeling refreshed and rejuvenated. He then left his brother's house to attend the week-long biotechnology conference as scheduled. 
Um, but Beckard remembered feeling dizzy at times, nauseous during the meetings during the day. Shortly after the conference ended, he noticed an intense red rash on his left side of his face. He also noticed that he was losing hair from the front left side of his head, his hairline and eyebrow. Um, Becker became progressively unwell. Even his ankles started to swell. During this period, he reported diminishing visual acuity in his left eye, as well as decreased hearing in his left ear. In the weeks following the Blue Orb incident, he began quickly to gain weight. Despite carefully watching his diet and working out once a day, Becker felt increasingly unwell. He had no energy and slept a lot. So he hired a personal trainer and began focusing on the gym. He totally eliminated sugar from his diet, but still the weight gain continued to 200 pounds. Before the incident, he weighed 155 pounds. Jeez. It's <laughs> like the opposite of a nasty slob, yo. It's like the opposite of thinner. In the two-year period following the incident, serial blood samples taken from Ron Becker showed pronounced abnormalities in his hemological par parameters. Um, his most serious medical complaint was a diagnosis of ductal carcinoma in situ, which is DCIS, in his left chest in February of 2007. Although extremely rare in men, Becker's physician was certain of the diagnosis. So it's just a cancer of your like a duct in your breast tissue, chest tissue. Probably right? from getting so big or whatever. Fucking try to turn him into the blob. I told you that's man, <laughs> dude. He underwent surgery on May 14, 2007. Biopsy of that lymph node indicated that the cancer had not metastasized. He received no chemotherapy or radiation treatments following the surgery. Um, a whole body scan done in July of 2007 revealed no apparent metastases, thus improving his long-term survival outlook. Um, by late 2008, Becker reported that his health appeared to be slowly improving, although he complained of moderate to severe pain and almost continuous fatigue. By the end of 2008, his main focus was trying to get his career back on order after three years of continuous ill health. This formerly brought vibrant man ascribed his three-year ordeal directly to the invasion of the blue orb into his body. This case was the most thoroughly documented anomaly case in history. Um, dozens of separate blood parameter measurements were taken both before and after this May 1st event because he actually, I guess he takes good care of himself. Um, so this unusual thorough medical documentation allowed Bass and OSAP to make definitive statements regarding the patient's blood chemistry. There was a dramatic change in his white blood cell counts following the incident. His lymphocyte counts progressively decreased while his neutrophil counts pro progressively increased. Over the two-year period following the incident, and neither type of blood cells showed any type of returning to normal levels even two years after the blood or the blue orb incident. So from a general perspective, there's multiple questions surrounding, right? The most obvious being, is there a cause and effect between the blue orb and this guy's health, or was it just a coincidence? I don't know, man. Yeah, it sounds to me like he got a little too close to some kind of shit. Might have had a fucking psychedelic experience and fucking like maybe he had like a chemo brain type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Got too close to something radioactive and it fucking fried his brain a little bit or something. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if I believe the blue orb shit, but yeah. it's kind of strange that he got. Well, the, what he the, got. the constant of all these encounters is a blue orb. Yeah, I, I understand that, but maybe it is the just government. A, it's just a non-combustible engine, dude. Like, it's manipulating space-time around it. It's fucking giving you weird fucking health shits. It's going to be a new way of travel. It's, 
It's gamma rays that fucking aren't turning you into the Hulk. They're just making you sick. Ron Becker had been a, a highly active, productive, and high-energy individual. Both his son and his daughter were concerned about the deterioration of Ron's health. Although it's presently impossible to ascribe the patient's carcinoma directly to the incident, it didn't escape the notice of the Bass Group and that the path of the blue orb through the man's body was consistent with damage to his chest and subsequent extremely rare but aggressive cancer. Secondly, like his video is going to be in an OSHA documentary in the future. Secondly, it was the opinion of the counseling, uh, consulting Bass physicians, that both both of whom were experienced diagnosticians, that the 18-month time frame for the development of this aggressive cancer beginning in May and culminating in the diagnosis in February of 2007 is biologically consistent with a cause and effect temporal relationship. So uh, it's, it's causally affected. It, it could have grown in that time frame. It is known to grow in that time frame. My guess is the military testing some sort of weapon that can give people radioactive. Ooh, blue orb bullets? Something like that, yeah. They're always testing like 20 years in advance everything anyway. They've got, we were talking about before you got here, um, the plates that they use for riots and they make people puke and shit themselves if shit gets too out of control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't say that they don't. They've got laser guns on fucking battleships now. You know, they, I don't know Ev when Eventually they're going to attach it to the head of a shark like in uh, fucking Austria. <laughs> laser bait. I, I don't know when it was, but, um, you know, they, there's that story of the whole um, ship that supposedly the military tried to transport, um, like, like uh, teleport it from one place to another. And then when it, when it showed up, like all the fucking people that were on the boat were fused to the boat and shit. <laughs> and the ones that weren't got like horrible cancer and died and whatnot. Philadelphia okay. or something. Yep. Yeah. 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 A whole That's boat, a a whole boat fucking disappeared and reappeared in another place. And when it reappeared, like all the People sailors that were on the boat. to the boat. It was like you clipped out in Roblox, dude. They, like, they, like, <laughs> you were stuck like, in the wall. to the metal and shit, yeah. <laughs> oh. The of the ship, yeah. Oh, my God. Like they had been melted to it somehow because of the radioactive waves from the teleportation device that they used melted yeah, all the ship. Yeah, fucking goddamn. That's, I didn't know you could melt like that. I didn't know you could teleport ships. Well, I mean, but apparently the military gonna... was trying to 20, 20, maybe longer than that now, probably about 40, 50 years ago now. But imagine what they can do now if they can do. We're going trying to Star back Trek. If we're already there. We just don't know. It, right. You know, so it's probably about, some type of military test. Doing it. All these people have a military background of some sort, and they were probably all on a here, testing here, site that they didn't know about. Here, here you go, Dick. The Philadelphia ex experiment was an alleged event claimed to happen or claimed to have been experienced by an ex-merchant marine named Carl M. Allen at the United States Naval Shipyard in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, sometime around October 28, 1943. Uh, Allen described an experiment where the U.S. Navy attempted to make a destroyer escort class ship, the USS Eldridge, disappear, and bizarre results followed. So... Mm -hmm. You yeah. could probably do an episode of this show about it. Yeah, it's definitely good. <laughs> it's an interesting it's a crazy story. story. It's one of my favorite stories. I've never even heard of it. That's crazy. So um, I have one more encounter, and then we're going to cap it off with the findings from Ostap and Skinwalker. I don't know if you guys want to. Um, we got uh, probably about 30 more minutes. So. Um, so we'll just read through this and keep going. Hostile triangles or something else at about 11.45 on Friday, May 8th. 2009, 49-year-old man named Derek Jones was alerted by his two dogs barking in his backyard in North Georgia. 
where his 10-year-old son was camping outside with a neighbor's child in a tent. Um, Jones quickly noticed a very large triangular aircraft this with lights at each apex. This is the story we touched about last week where the guy saw it and got hit by gamma radiation, right? Yes, yes, and he started to develop all these lumps. Lumps. Um, so, uh, lovely lady lumps. Yep, <laughs> lovely lady lumps. This craft had a yellowish light at each of the three points and a large bluish white light in the middle. Um, behind a large triangle object were four smaller objects, each emitting their own source lights of various ongoing colors. Um, they were egg shaped. Two were egg-shaped and two were round. The bluish-white lights would change to a greenish color, then go black to white, and then bluish again. Um, these objects appeared to be much smaller than the triangle, but Jones acknowledged that it was difficult to estimate size and the altitude at night. Um, they moved silently, displaying erratic up-and-down patterns of darting movements um, from the large triangle. Um, Jones insisted that the objects showed no means of propulsion. Jones estimated that he that the large triangle craft was about, which he was 60 to a few hundred feet above him, um, was about 300 feet in length. It also made no sound. He could see the stars on the bottom of the object as if an attempt to make camouflage of the craft, but at the same time he could see a clear outline of the triangle due to the lights of his house and those lights in the neighborhood. Um, Jones observed the objects making several maneuvers that he, quote, knows are not possible in modern aviation capabilities. Um, when they darted below the tree line, he was not sure if they landed or not. Jones attempted to record the object first by videotaping it and subsequently by photographing it with a digital camera. Um, both during a, But during both attempts, the camera batteries died, even though both instruments had been functioning earlier. When D Jones decided to point his million candle power spotlight beam at the large triangle, he received an immediate response from the front center section of the triangle. Came an intense bluish white light about two to three feet in diameter that struck him for about three seconds. The witness turned his back and ducked to shield himself from the bright light. The beam emitted an intense heat that caused a burning sensation on Jones's neck and shoulders. He quickly dashed back into the house and Jones continued to watch the spectacular pa uh, panorama from the safety of his home. Um, the smaller objects started to move slowly in the south by southwest direction. Abruptly, two smaller objects then left the triangle at incredible speed, moving directly upwards and quickly going out of sight. Jones then watched the larger triangular object rotate on its end, pivot so that he could see the base of the triangle edge straight on, from this vantage point, the triangle now looked like a black rod with two smaller objects beside it. Jones estimated that the objects were about 200 yards away before suddenly shot directly up and away out of sight. Subsequent interviews, Jones mentioned that he went on, uh, that the objects entered a swirly thing. Um, his drawing of it looked like a large vortex, kind of like the wormhole, right? Um, before he went to bed, Jones logged onto his computer, filled out an online UFO sighting report with MUFON. MUFON, in turn, notified Bass since the two organizations were engaged in their collaborative relationship. Yeah, they, got too much, they got too much going on with MUFON for me to be believing a lot of this shit, especially when they're fucking all their technology keeps fucking conveniently breaking down when shit shows up. 
<laughs> Jones reported to start feeling an intense headache, weak, extremely nauseous. He remained immobile on the couch for the entire day. He also reported a metallic or coppery taste in his mouth. Um, when he, iron. That's a stroke, bro. When he woke iron, up, right? uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> probably, yeah. Um, his mouth, his neck, and upper shoulders felt sore and burnt. <laughs> he tried to vomit several times throughout the day, but failed. Fuck, that sounds like me after a hard day's work. Fucking radiation poisoning, <laughs> dude. Jones woke about 2 a.m. the next day, disturbed by several low-flying helicopters around his home, one of which <laughs> appeared to be maneuvering very low and close to his home. Some helicopters in the distance were using white searchlights in the standard law enforcement protocol of searching. Um... James woke his wife up, and who can also confirmed that the helicopters were zooming his house. Could have flew over and hit him with some kind of emitter array from the fucking helicopter, <laughs> gave him radiation poisoning real quick. Just <laughs> over five hours later, about 7.30 a.m., a series of loud knocks at the door woke him up. His wife had gone to work that morning at 5, <coughs> and his son was in bed asleep. The two men on Jones's doorstep bust... Um, told him that they wanted to talk to him about his sighting report. The men were driving a late model Ford sedan with white plates. Jones felt pretty intimidated by these two guys and invited them in <coughs> to I'm come in. I'm feeling pretty intimidated. You better come <laughs> and have a seat on my couch. <laughs> Here come the men in black. The older of the two men who identified as, uh, himself as Mr. Michael initiated all of the questioning. Mr. Michael, who was in his 40s, wore a black suit, a white shirt, black tie. <laughs> very polished shoes, had a very pale complexion with dark gray hair. The younger man, who had dark gray, who had dark hair, appeared to be in his late 30s, was similarly dressed. Agent J. Both men stood over six feet tall and looked to weigh more than about, more than 200 pounds. Um, Jones told Bass investigators that neither man spoke like people native to Georgia when they sat down on the couch. Jones noticed that what he thought was a handgun <coughs> under Mr. Michael's suit coat. Um, the conversation quickly turned into an interrogation. Mr. Michael did most of the talking. Uh, the younger man sat forward on the couch, staring at him in, hostile, in a hostile <coughs> manner. At no time during the interrogation did either of the two men produce any sort of identification. The interrogation focused on what Jones had seen Friday night, May 8th. The two men took copious notes and appeared to be drawing diagrams as Jones responded to their detailed questions. And then the final result ended in an eye exam. <laughs> After 30 or 40 minutes, the two men abruptly stood up to leave. The younger man told the now thoroughly frightened Jones not to mention the sighting to anyone else. <laughs> about you, talk, a, you talk about this, we'll kill you. About a week after the incident, Jones drove into town pulled into a gas station when the same black sedan carrying two mysterious the two mysterious men who had interviewed him pulled in behind him jones clearly recognized the younger man at the wheel of the vehicle jones called bass and reported what he thought the sedan was following him this time jones had the presence of mind to take note of the plate number after a lot of legwork by bass investigators and one of their contact researchers the license plate of the ford sedan was tracked back to a specific Department of Homeland Security carpool. Um, mm. The health effects, um, bath, bass physician, um, so that kind of ends that, I guess. Health effects, bass physicians and researchers rigorously followed all health insurance, all HIPAA protocols, privacy protocols, and their medical interactions with Jones. Um, <coughs> is it squeaker? It is squeaker. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, um, Bass investigators noted for, and, and photographed hair loss on the back of his head within 18 days of the incident. He still felt crappy. Jones went to the local medical facility three weeks after the event and had blood drawn. The blood test resulted in some abnormalities. Um, four parameters of simple hematology screen had showed that values were not normal. The fifth value, his red blood sound, red blood cell count was 4.6, which is precisely on the low end of normal. Um, so they kept in regular contact with him after the weeks and months following the incident, face-to-face -face interviews, phone calls. Um, he complained of feeling weak and generally just unwell. Sounds just like radiation poisoning, man. Mm. St Jones started reporting lumps beginning to appear on his legs, groin, and back. Um, in late February, during uh, a visit to his endocrinologist for his diabetes, he asked that physician who examined the lumps, but she said no, citing her lack of expertise in diagnosing lumps. <laughs> but confirmed she that did not know about that. I'm either. not a lumpologist. <laughs> hey, look at this thing. No. Nope. No. <laughs> well, you think I am some sort of doctor? <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's got fucking lumps all over now. These um, Bast investigators t took multiple photographs of these lumps. By the end of February 2010, Jones was reporting that all the lumps had grown considerably in size, and some of them were becoming increasingly painful. A medical appointment to determine the nature of the lumps was scheduled for March 12, 2010. Um, the two physicians performed a multi-hour exam of Jones, provided the following information on his medical condition. Basically, uh, an ultrasound of Jones's abdominal area revealed a right lower quadrant mass, not well-defined, possible hepatitis, a, hepta a, um, a hepatic mass, um, secondary to uh, consistent, secondary to a consistent ionizing radiation injury, elevated alkaline phosphate levels, hematological findings consistent with non-hematologic anemia, which is the red blood cell count, um, Elevated A1C, which is his diabetes, um, multiple large reactive nodules, lumps were exceptionally painful to the touch. So yeah. it really didn't fucking say much, except you've got a lot of lumps and they hurt when you touch them. They don't fucking know what the fuck they are. Maybe the water of the shower was radioactive. Following the medical exam, it became apparent that about 20 more lumps had appeared all over his body at, about, at a rate of about two to three monthly since February 2010. The lumps appeared primarily in his groin, right lower quadrant of his abdomen, his back, his underarm, his back of his knees, and sides of his neck. Weird. A lot we got of it. Where your Look, notes we're going to fuck up his junk and his legs. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it probably just doesn't matter. just attacks wherever it attacks. But. After about a year after the encounter, Jones had one of the 24 nodules on his body surgically removed for a pathology uh, for exam. For a pathology exam. Um, the Bass contract physician that was in attendance after conferring with a local hospital physician, a preliminary diagnosis of non-malignant lymphoma was introduced. Um, so non-cancerous lymphoma, right? Can't, this lumps that are developing in your lymph lymphatic system, they really don't do much. Um, although the surgeon told Bass contract physician that in his 22 years as a board-certified pathologist, he had never seen anything like this. Since Jones now had 24 separate lumps, the physicians were concerned about his prognosis. 
it was fortunate that the pathologist, who was a primary point of contract for the best contracted physicians, was also a board-certified cytogenesist, which specifies in the detection and interpretation of chromosomal ad abnormalities. So, which, although the initial diagnosis was benign disease, the pathologist was concerned because Jones might have had an aggressive multicentric cattleman disease, which can easily progress into a malignant lymphoma and can be fatal if untreated. So a second ultrasound was done on his abdomen and was conducted to re-examine the mass of previously undetected lumps on his abdomen. An additional blood test confirmed the red cell anemia had been found in the first of tests. That just confirmed that. Um, the working hypothesis with Jones's lymphoma was consistent with the biological effects of being irradiated by about 300 grays, 300 rads, due to, um, <clears throat> so yeah, let me do that again. So, working hypothesis that Jones's lymphoma was consistent with the biological effects of being irradiated of about 300 grays or rads. Um, so due to HIPAA concerns, Bass had concealed the identity of Jones as well as the identity of Bass contract physicians, also in line with HIPAA privacy protocols. They're not gonna go any more details of the medical condition. So <laughs> directly reactive to, well, it started after he got zapped by this Did thing. Did they ever find any evidence of it being infectious? No, it was just, um, just non-malignant lymphoma, it seemed. Um, so the Jones case raises many questions. Who owned the low-flying triangle? Triangle was that an alien or was that us? Was that ours? Um, yeah, did we just kill this guy? Did we just shoot this guy with some weird shit that we don't know about? Right? Sounds like it to me. Um, what were the four objects that were hovering and flying next to the property at the same time? And drones. Um, was he just in the wrong place at the wrong time? Um, what the fuck? Did they come down to, to, to get him specifically, or what? I don't know. Collateral yeah. damage. Probably living on some military testing ground they don't know about. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably what he just said. Collateral damage. Yeah, it's a few for the many, right? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> so, now, so what it exactly did a OSAP study when they did study this. So you get, we, we're gonna get down to the nitty gritty. So they were, they, they would, for the duration of the OSAP contract, Bass compiled a large database ah. of more than 200 separate reports of anomalies that were documented by the team of Bass security officers that were on site 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So what they would categorize and report anytime that they sensed or perceived something around, um, any time that they thought they were being watched, um, any time they saw something paranormal, any perceptions of emotional distress, any observation of UAPs, um, orb lights, um, other luminous <laughs> phenomena. <laughs> you asshat. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. I watched a motherfucker do that in the grocery store, what you did one time. And they didn't even pay for their groceries. They straight walked out. <laughs> I, was, I was working cash register in this time. An old boy reached into his pocket to get it. was paying for his groceries. And I ain't even shit. And he pulled his money out. And a big wad of money came out. And all over was tink to tink, tink, tink. And he was like. And he looked around all over the place and reached down and picked it up. And put it back in his pocket and just walked straight <laughs> out. That's I'm it. like, dude, you can still get your groceries. What the fuck? Like, nah, man, not now. Nah, 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 nah. He was embarrassed, dude. He was embarrassed bad. 
<laughs> I fucking love moments like that. Oh, so they... Um, you know what that noise is all through the store. <laughs> no matter where you're at. Anybody knows that fucking CVS noise. CVS be the only place you wouldn't hear. They got carpet on the floor. Couple, couple grocers are like checking their pockets and shit. shit. Yeah, shit, get, shit. still got on. <laughs> Uh, so the OSAP contract enabled Bass to execute and complete a, quote, soup to nuts, environmental survey of Skinwalker <laughs> Ranch, the level of a resolution that was not achieved during the NIDS program. They can't figure it out. Send soup to nuts out there. So, <laughs> <laughs> the establishment of a grid system in which the ranch was broken up to a tenth of a mile section enhanced the ability of the organization to, uh, to obtain sequential data on electric and magnetic field activity, multi-element soil analysis, um, contamination by ionizing radiation that could potentially directly um, that could be compared over time, um, and they did plant like, seed experiments. They like they took plants and um, put them on the ranch to see if they would like have like a canary in the mine effect. You know, if you see some of these plants start to kind of wither away in some spots or whatever, but they also had uh, control subjects of the same plants in Las Vegas, grown from the same seeds. Maybe they planted radioactive plants near that guy's house, and they were emitting radioactive fucking photosynthesis out of them or whatever the fuck, and then just gave it to that dude. <laughs> Maybe TGI fucking lost another canister, and they got covered in ooze. Sounds well. Like they were Sounds like they were testing weapons and they found they, the perfect fucking lab rats. They they test they had six spider the wolf plants, six tobacco plants is what they used. The, the giant the giant wolves that people are seeing smoking is just that radioactive tobacco, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> what year was this? <laughs> just just the giant animals that people are seeing are toko and razor. Twenty ten. Oh, that's where salvia came from. That's right. <laughs> that's oh, right. Shit. There it is. That shit made old boy go crazy and be, bite somebody's face off in Florida. Uh crocodile. That was basalt, so started, yeah. started in fucking Skinwalker Ranch. So they also they also kind of do some communication experiments to test fucking government mulling it out of there and giving it to people. Um, some of sometimes in the NIDS days they had um, um, they would have some success with the use of games and puzzles. Um, they found on occasions. Puzzles and games that have been left in controlled environments with no human present would be interfered with and new patterns created and involved like moving game components in an apparently non-random manner. Um, such activity was observed in small number of cases when interference by humans, when interference by humans, animals, seismic effects, effects or weather had been ruled out. So, <laughs> yeah, they would just have fucking puzzles and they would put the they would put a pre-locked game or puzzle in a location that would not be disturbed by humans or animals no access to the game was possible without keys that were housed in las vegas the initial uh, configuration of the game would be photographed then re-photographed again 24 hours later if any of the components of the game had been moved in the previous 24 hours the movement would be detectable by comparing the before and after photographs why not videotape it it's 2009 they totally had the capability well, it's the the thing was to to be because I could take a photo of something and then come in and fuck with it and take another photo of it. And be like, see, twenty four hours later, it looked like this. I guess. 
the other 24-hour monitor video camera on it, you're going to know if someone came in there and fucked with it and took a picture 24 hours later. So this is the, I guess, the honesty in in, in science and reporting, I guess. There ain't none. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that. You got to, I guess. Everybody's got an agenda. It. Yeah. Like, honestly, that we didn't have Ebola virus in the United States till we did, right? <laughs> well, it's not here. Yeah, no. no, it is. Strategy and data from these communication games were described in a, a, a Utah ranch investigation that was delivered to um, the DIA in April of 2010 that they don't um, describe here. They don't, they don't give me the um, description of what the data came from those games, so I don't know what happened with that. Hmm. But I don't know. Um, so essentially... We don't know shit about anything else. We don't know they shit about anything else. They didn't figure anything else out. Not really. <laughs> we we put a bunch of money into a program to learn nothing. They, we put a bunch of that, money. They do have a lot of shit anyway, like dogs having sex. Isn't that still? I'm what? not joking. They put millions of dollars into science to like dogs having sex to figure out why dogs have sex. Oh and yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's still in the world, man. It's just. But they, I mean, just stupid shit like that. It's the government will pay like it's called reproducing millions of dollars to fucking find out why Dick wants to put his hat on backwards, and then they'll have a whole team of motherfuckers for a whole year because it looks cool. Dude, uh, I can't remember where it was at, but... Um, They're studying I, everything, I was man. telling you about the podcast with the dude named Derek. Did you listen to Rogan's podcast with the dude named Derek yeah. on it? They are talking about in Asia, um, they paid some dude... Um, They're talking about squirters, basically. <laughs> and fucking... They did a scientific experiment and paid some dude to have sex with 20 ch- 22 chicks... And fucking, they were, you know, they were all fucking different they, forms of squirters to they, find out whether it was like how, why women do it. So they paid a dude, then it was a twenty-two million dollar fucking, uh, uh, like government how do you experience. Sign up for that job. And they paid this dude fucking money <laughs> to bang twenty-two chicks, all from the ages between I think twenty-six and forty. They were all squirters or whatever, for science. <laughs> Isn't for that science. Awesome. I, so I read. But uh, we do that shit here too. Yeah, well, we study everything. Right. right. Just ignorant Every shit. combination of everything. Why cockroach clothes climbs through the wood. Hey, four, throw $4 million at it for the year. Figure it out. Well, yeah. uh, I had heard about the squirting thing. Is that Allocation of money is ridiculous. In, a, in, a, in a one other study, they had catheterized some um, patient, some of the females and, and put, like, uh, food coloring in their urine to see if it was urine or squirt. Oh. And a lot of it was urine. Urine mixed with female cum, basically. Well, sure, sure, sure. And just, <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. I guess I mean everyone's got an agenda, right? I guess you could say that. For sure. I mean, it's just uh, how much um, how much stock you put into what you're reading and what. There's uh, been a lot of like kind of thing. like outside of that nuclear testing out in the deserts and Vegas deserts, and you know, the wind blows the sand and shit like that. So it ain't hard to believe that something could have got blown in from someplace else, and then a nuclear patch of this started growing there or fucking uh, maybe there was a bomb that got let off there and tainted the water somehow. It does seem like a lot of this is explainable by nuclear bombs. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) I don't know that anybody's looked into that science. I don't don't remember anything that's said that anyone's went out there and been like, yeah, it could totally be fucking 
Like Aaron Brockovich style fucking dirty, <sighs> dirty water. These they would have to admit to making a fucking mistake. They don't <clears throat> well, want to do that. They don't want to do that. That's what I was getting at earlier with all these people who are like former military and whatnot and everything. It sounds to me like they were testing some shit and then they just like the ground's safe. Let people move on in there. We've buried it deep enough that no one will ever know. And that was one of the things that I, uh, I remember from the hunt for the skinwalker is that when the Gorman sold it to the NIDS corporation they were under strict instructions not to dig on the property there's probably uh, fucking without nuclear letting... waste barrels buried way 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 yeah. way way deep underneath the ground yeah or some a bomb well, or some they, shit because things i guess you that, can't that stirs things hey, up you can't apparently. you can't dig unless you call julie come on now <laughs> we all know that eh. julie ain't that smart <laughs> guarantee you that or there's like a fucking no, well, nuclear no, facility underneath if, ground if you hit something you're not supposed to and they have a mark they're fucked not you maybe there's a giant nuclear military <laughs> testing facility underground that they're living on top of no. and the Some fucking shit, shit vents up from underneath somewhere and it's just they're breathing the shit in they don't even know it. so and then i mean not only is the phenomenon crazy itself but like the whole attachment thing is bizarre to me you know, like, how does that work? What is, where does that come into play? And, like, what, is it, like, what you said, do you feel like some more people are more apt to believe in that th- sort of thing and then attaches to them? Oh, totally. If a, you go to a doctor and the doctor tells you you're going to die, you're going to start or having the symptoms of somebody that's going to fucking die until Power someone's suggestion. like, bro, he's just fucking with you. Yeah, I don't, it's weird that, like, they've never, so they've, like, they've never come up with anything that's, makes it communicable mm, like, they they don't have anything specific that says that would point to it being specifically yeah good. but other than the you know joe schmo seen this the... was seeing stuff and then you worked alongside someone else who had never seen anything and then they start seeing shit and then you know your your, your kids are seeing shit and your kids' friends are seeing shit now get yourself worked up like there's like a cause oh. fucking cause of paranoia I was hoping there was like a lab result, like all oh, these people had like really high iron. Right. Well, nothing, that. nothing that specific. Well, hypnose. Uh, apparently, hypnos. Well, yeah, well, that's, that's true. probably yeah. true. We yeah. just don't. Yeah. So there could be something interlo- uh, uh, you know, interlocks all these people together, and there's something that we don't know about. But yeah, fucking aliens. Maybe <laughs> that could just be our government. You mentioned something earlier. Do you think it's? Uh, do you think when we when we started the atomic age, we blew a hole into another? Dimension. Well, like we room. don't know what it does with space time, right? Like Godzilla like, and shit, kaiju's and whatnot. No, no, no. Like fucking Marvel, really. Like infinite universes, fucking a, a universe made for you, every you decision started, ever fucking what, made from everybody always. You think that started like, with the A bomb, though? Yeah, oh yeah. Doctor Strange is just standing there with his I think thing, making big circles. What do they call it? The fifth dimension or whatever. Like fucking, you, you know, know. Why wouldn't there have already been other dimensions before that, though? There, was there is. There's fucking length, width, fucking depth. Right, but how did the time start? And then fucking us existing somewhere. Next to something them happened that made a rift that would have opened something. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, fucking a bomb. Five fifty thousand fucking megatons of fucking nuclear bomb. That would have opened over Japan, though. There was a whole bunch of them well, just down the street from fucking Skinwalker Ranch. W- one. Yeah, they tested. There was it's not right down the street. It's a desert. fucking. It's like a state. It's like. Diagonal and wasn't it one of those like new A bombs? It's like fucking twenty thousand times more fucking powerful than the fucking one that was dropped in Nagasaki and fucking like 
Yeah, the very like first if nuclear the very, war happens. The, the day, very first, the very first Nagasaki one that, times fucking ten million. Yeah, the very first one that went boom was more powerful than the two we dropped on Japan. Well, how do you know that when the giant meteor hit Earth and dinosaurs and shit, that wasn't the f- actual first start of all the different fucking universes being knocked off? I kind of think we're like in a separate universe. That, that was somewhat of a nuclear explosion in itself. Yeah, for sure. Like several events like that, but this is. You know, this is the next step of it. Like, I've not seen Oppenheimer, but it's insane to me that fucking one dude like that, like, I mean, I'm sure he had a group of cats helping him or whatever, but like, it's insane to me that one dude is like he had, responsible he had for multiple, multiple, multiple everyone today being like, him. you know what? Fuck with me. I'll push that button. Yeah, I'll fucking push that yeah. button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then the little guy down here is like, yeah, I'll fucking push that button too, bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you. You ain't got shit, little man. What do they call it? The uh, Higgs boson bridge or whatever? It's strange, like, isn't it? Like, <laughs> every sci-fi, everything always to, was... You know, we used to fight I with... I think that's a real thing. I mean, it's just... I mean, if you think about it, like, every decision that you make, if you don't make... If you if you would have made the opposite decision, it, it's a different reality. You know what right. I mean? So, just think about Just trace that. Your own step. Everybody the, always... The but, the yeah. It's the butterfly effect. <laughs> yeah. So is that the connection? Is that what connects everything here? I don't so know. So it's either that or the fucking them turning on the long, large hadron collider. Oh, that's true, yeah. <sighs> don't know. Shit's been weird since then. They're trying to they're still <laughs> trying to op- open a black hole or whatever on Earth, right? I think they already did. Well, they're trying to they're trying to be able to master how to control Just opening and closing a black hole. Uh, well, the they're doing getting rid of the radiation poisoning. It's fucking the first sacrifices of technological advance right there. Fucking. Uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Stephen Hawking was helping work on it right before he passed away. And he said it's kind of scary. The God particle and shit. It's like, yeah, it's kind of scary because if they fuck it up and it opens up and can't close. That's what happens when you. That's what happens when you drop nuclear bombs that are fucking suck our own world right huge. into a black hole that we created because we fucked around and couldn't close it. Ask wait for AI to get smart enough, it'll open it up on its own for us. I mean, the best part about it, like... I think that's how it got invented, to close it for it us. It would just... We'd be done. Right? It'd just be yeah. boom. Nothing would... I mean, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I would assume. That, that's what happens when the super volcano explodes. That too. Yeah. Hopefully it all happens at once. Yeah. There's a lot of pop. We all gone. I've, man, <laughs> I just... I'm so paranoid about Wyoming blowing the fuck up off the mount, off the... That'll be the next one. And it'll happen like in our 70s. And we just sit in the fucking couch all day. Sit in the like, ash. Fuck, it's just like the pandemic. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> there a volcano? There we go, wear these fucking masks again. Remember, yeah. Isn't there a volcano that just, just erupted? Just remember, the first thing we do is we throw dick out. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> there a volcano that just erupted here not too long ago? Uh, it was uh, Iceland? No, um, something like that. It was in a different Greenland? country. I do know that. There's volcanoes erupting every day, ain't there? That was a decently bad well, one. A lot of them are about, under the uh, sea. They were talking about the people that were climbing up on the mountain. There's a bunch <coughs> of them stuck up there. They got bunched down, but they thought there's people that go off and don't like tell people they're going up there hunting, like climbing. And they thought there was a, they knew there was one dead for sure at one point in time. There's a bunch of other people they thought were trapped up there, but they weren't for sure. I can't remember what country it was in, but it was like maybe two or three weeks ago. Well, boys, that's Skinwalker at the Pentagon. That is the first official uh, government program to discover, to study Poulter. Poltergeist activity and UAPs and anything. Um, do you think we're going to see anything come out of this whole alien thing? That's coming. That's like these congressional hearings. You think we're going to see alien shit? Mm, I don't no. think so. No. I don't think so. Yeah, They're going to be like, 
hey, they exist. Uh, you ain't gonna uh, see shit. If aliens are gonna show up, they're gonna show up when, and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna just don't be like the chick in Independence Day. It's so beautiful. Uh, and when they do I it, it's gonna happen. It'll be all over social media. Everything else it won't be like the government showing up <laughs> and to- I, down to a podium going, you know what? They're gonna be here tomorrow. Uh, I think unless we are continuously leaking information that's 10 years old so that we don't freak out like this already happened 10 years ago. Unless we are in conjunction with them. And if that's the case, it'll be kind (laughs) of like the TV show V where they all come down and get off and there's bands playing and shit. And we find out they look just like us. and We're like, oh, fuck. That's way more Mulder and Scully. If they do decide to just (laughs) randomly show up, they better not show up in the hood unless they have bars. <laughs> That's fucking perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got any last thoughts about this, or uh, what do you guys think? I think we're tapped. I think that's <laughs> it. Yeah, we've. Uh, that's it for the for this episode. If you like what we do, uh, you can um, you know check our website out www.beyondtheordinarypodcast.com. Um, we have all of our episodes there. Um, our newest episode is always going to be up front. Um, we've got a nice little donation box. If you think what you, we are doing is fun and interesting, um, you're required by state law to donate. Um, if you were to um, like and share this, that would be cool too. Um, I don't know. If you have anything you want to say to us specifically, you can reach us at uh, Beyond the Ordinary Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, peace out, you dirty, dirty bitches. <laughs> <laughs>